You're listening to the Full Contact Poker Podcast with Daniel Negreanu. And now your host, Daniel Negreanu. What's up, everybody? Full Contact Poker Podcast. Check out the microphones. You all bitch and complain about the mics. So hopefully, we, what do we spend on these? 45000 each? Something like that? You bought them. Yeah, that was 100000 100K. 100K each. Total. It was 100000 each. That's my. That's me? Okay, I'm getting stage direction. All right, guys. Well, we got a lot to cover today. Um, we're going to talk about Super High Roller Bowl. We're going to talk about a really cool promotion that is going to be an awesome free roll for y'all. But before we get into all that, I think it would be silly not to get into some of, especially with the crossovers that happen, some of the hockey, right? Eric Wasserson uh, is someone who uh, is always asking for tickets, right? I don't have to ask. Should we tell point. them the you rule you have about I... women? No. I no, don't we, I don't think we should mention that. So I have 16 seats, four down low, 12 up top, right? And he's always trying to finagle his way down low, right? Which is fine. But Marissa comes to those games too, and he's like, bro, it's playoffs though. Come on, like, you know, he's joking, okay? So stop, 2018, the haters. He's, what did you, he said women shouldn't be allowed down there. Um, okay, but jokes. Let's just not put that part in <laughs> Let's just not. <laughs> it's jokes, man. It's, I mean, it's scary that we can't joke in 2018. But anyway. No, so, I wasn't that the thing I wasn't joking. You, <laughs> <laughs> all right, cool. So anyway, uh, this week we saw, I did a bunch. I've been doing, doing more interviews on hockey than I have on poker for like the last six months. I do the post-game radio show. And uh, this week uh, I did NHL Network and whatnot. Um, this guy, Alan Richardson, who you may have seen on Poker Go. He'd been like asking me for picks because like he knows I know what I'm doing. So um, he asked me about the over-under and they I, I posted the tweet because I picked the exact score against Winnipeg. That ended up on NHL Network and I did an interview with Jackie Redmond. Did that end up just after the first one? After the first yeah. one, yeah. She she like, you know, they, they reached out and wanted to do an interview because I picked the, the score, which is remarkable to do, like to pick the exact score in a game, right? Everyone's like, wow. So uh, the next game, I'm like, hey, let's ride it. And I picked 3-2 Vegas. And of course, I did it again. And then we're like, I went to the, what was it the Tiger Woods event, or whatever? And yeah. we're just like hanging out. And then we look up on screen and it's like the NBC show, and they're just showing my tweets. Yeah, <laughs> both talking of them. about, and just like, uh, it was really, and they're asking the if I can do stop show, yeah. ticks and the whole other whole deal. So it was really they cool. Were kinda, for me. The, the, she, the girl was into it saying it was amazing. And the guys were like, oh, like, like well, they're oh, like, yeah, lucky, stick to lucky poker. poker player. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like that. So Keith Jones wasn't having it. No. So, no. so I basically got two in a row. And now, you know, they're talking about it even in the pregame going yeah, into the yeah. next one. Mike Milbury was giving me crap about all the lucky poker player that Ryan Reeves goal. Because in the final game, and I still feel like, I mean, I, I feel like I got the game right. Because yeah. in game five, I picked 3-1 with a 25% chance of it being like an empty netter. And I remember texting you saying, I think it'll be 1-1, score a second one late, and then we'll win it. Uh, it was 2-1 with about a minute left. We had a couple of minute shots. We didn't. So... I didn't get the exact score, but I missed the empty netter, and I'm pretty happy. I'm, I think we did pretty good. So, yeah. So, what does this mean now for the World Series of Poker? For me, right? Uh, we have an issue. Super, first of all, Super High Roller Bowl is the 27th, 28th, 29th, 30th, right? I've got word from Jared, Jared, Coach Gallant that the first game of the Stanley Cup, regardless, he, he texted you. No, I just listened. No, they, to annou- they announced. Yeah, it, they yeah, announced earlier it. tonight. I don't know if they announced it. They did on NBC. He, he spilled it. Yeah, but to, uh, during the game, during the Capitals Lightning game, they, oh, they said did? that it okay. would be Monday night at five. So o'clock. Monday is the twenty eighth, right? Yeah. So, so here's the dilemma I've got right now. Okay, we have Tampa Bay. I bet Tampa. No, I bet Washington plus a dollar seventy one. So I have. I'll tell you because whatever. I don't usually discuss, but I bet twenty thousand on the series. Okay. So I stand to win thirty four thousand if Washington wins. Tampa wins. 
We lose twenty thousand. We're way ahead this playoffs. We've paid for our super high roller bowl. We're good to go. Uh, <laughs> but um, but so now the dilemma is like I really don't even care who wins this because because you're too rich. <laughs> it's because it's because so if Tampa wins, the first two games are on the road. So that means I'm not going to miss a home game. I'll pro- someone will probably spoil it. So whatever, maybe we'll watch it while we play or whatever. But if Washington wins, I win the thirty-four thousand. Yeah, you can't record it and watch it later. That's no, too dangerous. No, it's just impossible. Yeah, no one's gonna someone's like, going to say something. Somebody, will be like, hey, go nice. Especially congrats. to you. Like, yeah, especially yeah. to me, right? So the dilemma is: Do I want Tampa to win and then like miss the first two games on the road so I don't miss the game three and four, or do I and, want Washington and the Knights be bigger favorites bigger, against? Yeah, I mean we have to root favorite. for Washington in Game yeah. Seven. So they won tonight. And for those of you that yeah, you didn't know to. that, in Game Six which I predicted as well. Alan Richardson, I'm making him so much money, it's stupid. He actually invited us to dinner, like everyone I know. He's like, yeah, bring your whole crew. Because I don't know how much he's betting, but I think it's a lot more than 20000 Yeah, well, he's he like, pays for dinner anyway, so. Does he? Yeah. Yeah? So I have an Alan Richardson story. You know, so this is true, and this pisses me off, but this is a true story. I've told you this one, but it's, you gotta, I gotta show this. Last year, in NBA, NFL, NBA, NHL playoffs, Yeah. we were in Bobby's room playing poker. <laughs> yeah. He's sitting in the middle of the TV right there, right? And everybody wants to watch like the Golden State game or you know the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it was like this and time of like, year. Yeah, he's yeah. like, no, can't change the channel. He's watching Yankee game, and it's seven nothing in the sixth inning. He might have had over seven and a half though. Dude, he never looked up. Like he just <laughs> played. He never. I was watching him because I was curious. I'm like, who does that? Like who's so like crazy that? They to do be that? fair though, it could have been like a half a run game for his bet. It's not like he. But he didn't even watch the game. Yeah, no, I understand. Just like he never looked up. I swear, I was I was like obsessed with it. I never I was like staring at him, like he's not even watching. But I mean, anyway, so <laughs> so that's the dilemma we're at right now. Um, it's pretty cool though, like the sort of mainstream crossover. The amount of like I did a. You run so bad, you didn't get that last game. That would have been it's fine. No, that would have just put you right over the edge right. of like <laughs> it would have been all Sports Center and like yeah. Pretty big deal. Whatever the Canadian Sports Center is. Can I, oh, the Hockey Night Canada Open. I didn't yeah, yeah, mention that. Oh, yeah. That was literally the coolest thing I ever did. Game yeah. four, they asked me, they had me by the Hollywood sign, or the, the Las Vegas sign, and they were like, can you do the Open? I'm like, sure. So they interviewed me a little bit, and then they took my interview and made clips around the interview. Right. And, like, it was so cool, man. Like, for me, a kid in Toronto growing up, you know, doing the Open for game four, I felt like a celebrity or something. It was crazy. Uh, but anyway... Uh, Okay, and before we get into the rest of that, there's a show, if you don't watch it, you should. It's on Poker Go called Insiders. The same guys you watch 24-7 ever? Um, When the boxing stuff? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The same guys who did that, they've done this. Oh, wow. And it's myself, Seth Davies, and Brandon Adams. Seth Davies has like a cameo from Richard Seymour because they're buddies. And then he has Patrick Antonius. It's like, it's so sick. You know, no, actually, that's the wrong guy. Like, Phil, why it's always your way when it's a mistake? (laughs) (laughs) So they got Patrick Antonius in there. <laughs> Me and Patrick go way back. We had some golf bets back uh, in the day, before your time, because you, you missed all the crazy I know. So sick. You were sick. too young. You so were like sick. not even old. How old are you now? 29. Yeah, you're old now. But yeah. I mean, you look like 40, honestly. Yeah, I need a haircut. I mean, a playoff beard. <laughs> I'm play- <laughs> playoff beard. I mean, I'm not going to fuck it up for everyone, just so I can <laughs> exactly. look better. So anyway, this show, there's three episodes done. It's going to be three more. And essentially, it's 24-7-like, where you are... Um, they follow us and you know in our routine and kind of stuff. Right. And there was a really funny clip. Watch you eat tofu and there's a funny clip with Marissa. It's yeah. like Marissa, I mentioned something about the fact that like she's fifteen years younger and there's a little age gap. And like they literally cut to us at dinner and we're having like wine, like sangria. And she goes, This tastes like a juice box. <laughs> <It was> so <laughs> like she's been uh, recently drinking juice boxes. Right. <laughs> she like just she got knows off what juice boxes. She's a juice a box aficionado. <laughs> she she knows what they taste like very yeah. well. 
<laughs> so anyway, all right, let's get to the good stuff. Um, before we talk about specifically the super high roller belt draft, I want to get your take and your feedback on what, what the decision was internally. So I did a uh, draft for whatever, I don't know, 25K, I think. Six guys, myself. Oh, 25K. Whatever. whatever. Yeah. Johannes, Kristen Bicknell. Kristen Bicknell was in this one. Yeah. And, and, tw- uh, and yeah. That's, that, yeah, she's, her name does not exactly go with the rest is, of the crew. So Dan Smith, myself, <laughs> uh, Patrick Leonard, and Timex, who, you know, obviously fires big. So yeah. there's a six of us, and we all picked six players. So that's 36 players out of a field of, what is it, 48? I don't know. So we left. So Sounds we left, right. So we left some, you know, players out of it, if you will. Now, there was talk about Nikita Bodjovsky, who is like Fish 2013 online, some guru genius. Mm-hmm. Uh, he might not play because of the taxes. Oh, well, shit, that's what really? This, that's what the discussion was. Like, oh. He put up the 30K, and everyone was saying, like, he was saying he might not play because it just wouldn't make sense tax-wise right. in Russia. So now everyone's discussing, like, what we should do. And everyone's like, oh, you know what? If someone doesn't play, we'll just burn the whole round. Like, so basically, all the picks from that round don't count. Right. Which everyone agreed to, except me. Like, I vetoed it. You it just, vetoed it before anyone dropped out? Well, no one had dropped out yet. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I was yeah, like, yeah. I don't... So before, so yeah. So you had so no like, information. It's not like you could, you were taking the best of it or anything. You just didn't like the idea. The it's consideration fair. people said was like, well, people had inside info. I'm like, what inside info? This is a unique tournament where you don't, people don't be like, yeah, I might play. You know, I'm not sure. They put $30,000 up. It's is like, you know. Did Robo have to pay the 30? Yeah. He's going to bring sure? the 30. hundred yeah. percent. Yes. Do you know why he. I don't know why, in. but we'll get to that soon. So, probably, he's probably a bigger Knights fan than you. And he well, didn't good, want good news risk is, and we'll get to that, because the goose two. is in, Stefan Sondheimer, which I really thought was kind of a snub. The yeah. guy won Poker Masters. He's actually really funny. When he sits there with Helmuth, he ribs and needles him so hard. Yeah, he, he talks. Oh, he's T- funny. Yeah. And he's good. He's got a good presence. You know, He gambles it up. He plays. He's great. Like, um, I was surprised that he didn't make the list. I think partly because Kerry was looking at, so personalities one, which I think he should have been in, but also people that are loyal to Arya. And right. when he's here, he is. But there's guys like, uh, well, we got like Jason Kuhn, Seth Davies, Schindler. another one. I don't know if they got in from um, the draft or not. But that group, right, who just yeah. like shows up to every event. And right. Terry wants to be loyal to them, which is, I think, great. It just seemed weird that he wasn't in there, and I'm glad to see Goose back. But on the controversy, like, what do you think the solution is if, for example, Roble, now Dan Smith. He, well, the he, Roble one is team. easy to fix because it's such a late pick that you can just let him pick from the, you know, from the group of people that were available at the time of the draft. Obviously, you can't pick Goose. That would be completely unfair. But why not just take Robel out and let him pick, you know, as if he is the last pick in the draft? That uh, was exactly my solution. Yeah. That was exactly my... Their solution was, you know, eliminate the whole round. And I'll tell you what, in one of the rounds that they wanted to eliminate, I'm like, I really like the guy I got in that round. I don't really want to lose him. And I picked him late sort of as a sleeper. So I felt my, my assertion was that, like, it punishes guys who had sleepers who waited to draft the guy, you know. Well, it's better for everyone that feels like their team is not as good as everyone else's team. Right. Patrick was saying, well, you know, if we, you know, if we don't cl- close the round, it's unfair because people might have inside information. And I just think to myself, like, what inside information do people have that people are going to put up 30K and then burn it? Like, right. I guess if you knew Robo was going to do that, you wouldn't pick Robo necessarily. I also think if someone knew that Robo wasn't going to play, I feel like for the most part, they would have said something. Yeah. Like, no, like that's just... Sure. Yeah. Just and and we, when nobody knew. Cheating. Basically, I don't think anyone picked going, yeah, I think he's most likely not to drop out. Right. You know what I mean? I think everyone who picked... No one was current. doing this draft just because they knew that Robo wasn't going to play. So I mean, my just, first take, actually, before I came up with the, with the alternate, is like, hey, tough luck, bro. Like, right. You're missing he a loses. guy, so what? It's not like you can't win. You still have five other great players. Right, and, and it's your last pick. And basically, all you have to do is win anyway. So it's just right. like, it is what it is. I, I would have been like, in the future, what we should do to remedy this is have an alternate list. 
So everyone has their six. Oh, that's a good idea. And then everyone picks one more round, which doesn't count unless one of your guys doesn't Or play. Or what we did last year, uh, ahead of time, we said that if someone doesn't play, whoever replaces them gets the spot. And it actually made it somewhat interesting because last year there were yeah. a few people who were like being talked about possibly dropping out. And they were like some of the more fun players that you'd be drafting later. And if they were to be replaced, they might have been replaced oh, by, so that's like really by good people. Yeah. So, so some people, I think, went out of their way to like draft certain like people Morgan that they knew there was something. a chance that yeah exactly they knew there was a chance they wouldn't play and they'd get whoever John replaced them. did that one year john morgan i think that was he's a wreck last year he, one like, of the guys. he put up the thirty thousand, and then he just realized you know he didn't feel like it he just felt like outclassed a little bit so he literally was playing like a 500 hundred dollar tournament down the street right while the no what happened 30, it happened to multiple people i think in last year's draft it was either last year or the year before that where people knew that there was a chance and then you just get whoever spot but we all the difference was i think we drafted the entire field during those drafts. So yeah, it was easier. I think right. Yeah. It depends on the number of players. I think I kind of like the 36. And it also leaves some like six snubs because you see some people yeah. that weren't picked. Like in this draft, Antonio, Phil Helmuth wasn't yeah. picked. Antonio Sfandiari wasn't picked. Brandon Adams wasn't picked. I would say like some of the probably, I don't, there was a few others. I, I can't remember off the top I of my head. I think it's more fun to draft everyone personally. But well, what these guys did after the draft that I did with them is they kept drafting. Right. So then they like did the whole, like four or five more drafts. And then they did a draft of the players that weren't picked. So, right, right, right. Like, it's just like a three-man team. Sense. Well, this of, way, because, yeah, that's I didn't even think about that. Because we were talking about how you kind of have to win, like you said it. You have to have someone that wins, basically. But that's not totally true, because someone could win that's not drafted. Yeah, so just so you guys realize, so the point system is most money won. Right. So essentially, if you get the winner, it's very unlikely that you wouldn't win. I mean, you know, to win the pool, you, you basically you could have the second and third guy. So now, when we're going to go over these picks and who, who we choose, we have to think about... Did we pick players that are in line with, um, you know, likelihood to win? Because everyone has a different style. Like, obviously, um, a guy like Adrian Mateos, for example, he's a go-getter. He's, you know, Bryn Kenny, they're go-getters. I'm a little more conservative and, and, you know, like, lately, especially against these guys, haven't gotten to the act to first place, but, you know, been getting there somewhat. So keep that in mind when we go over each round. That's what we're going to do. My dogs are having fun over there. We're going to go over each round and sort of talk about who we think were some steals maybe and who maybe seemed like a little bit of a reach. So without further ado, let's go over the um, first round. The first round, and I'll go in order of pick. The first pick was Christoph Vogelsang, uh, then Stephen Chidwick, Justin Bonomo, Jake Schindler, Nikita Bodjakovsky, Bodjakovsky, and then Nick Petrangelo. So... Your take, Eric, on this first round, who do you think the best pick of the round was? Uh, the best pick of the round, I guess I just, I'm, I'm going to have to go with Vogelsang, I think. I, I mean, I think on like the early rounds of these drafts, it's hard to really make mistakes. And it's also hard to have like an amazing pick. There's no, You're not going to get a, a steal in the first round. But just from like talking around like with, you know, people that play in these tournaments, it seems like Vogelsang is like widely respected and thought of as like always at least one of the best players, if not the best, then like you know top five. But you know, quite frequently, I hear people say he is the actual best. So I would have to say that that would be my favorite pick. Yeah, I mean, like you um, said, you, you can't really go wrong. Yeah, with the first pick for me, obviously, and this is a little bit partial. And I promise I don't do this for everyone. But I picked in the four, I picked with the fourth overall pick. I picked Jake Schindler, and personally, I think that. He's one like he, he wins me the pool every year. Like the right. last so you might have a little recent. Yeah, but also he's that. really good. Like I he's think he's very really good. good. He's also very good As at is live everyone. poker. <laughs> yeah, no, he is. He is. But I think that like for me, 
Jake Schindler is a guy that to get him at number four, you know, I'm very happy to have him there. So you so, think he's you think he's better than the fourth best player in the world in live tournaments? I would basically. say that yeah. I don't think I mean again it's close, but I would definitely have him in my conversation of like top three. And he's been on fire. He just won like back to back Arias. Like not that seems that like he always does. Yeah, actually. he just does. Like he doesn't travel um, to play Europe and stuff. He's got you know issues <laughs> that we won't discuss right now. Yeah. But. Um, <laughs> Let's go over. Um, <laughs> let's go over. Who do you think in this this round was maybe um, like an overshoot or somebody that you, you yeah. think was? Yeah, I mean, I think I think Chidwick second is a little ambitious. I don't. I don't. Don't get me wrong. Like I said, ever I, I, you can make arguments for any of these guys being up there. They're all like amazing. But it seems like if Chidwick hadn't have just like done so well in all those tournaments, I couldn't see anyone picking him second. Of, out of these lists of players. Yeah, there's something to be like, said about being hot, and he's definitely right. hot, and he's on form and stuff. And but I like, think that that's over, yeah. overstated. Like, in and I mean, I love, love the guy. I think he's fantastic and yeah, an yeah, excellent yeah. player. I'm but not like, saying anything bad about him. Right, if it wasn't for that run, like six months ago, right. he wouldn't be like, near. Like, it's, like, I could see a possibility where she could have gotten him in the second round. Like, it's not beyond Maybe, reason. I don't know. It's yeah, not I beyond think reason. So, especially with this group of people, because this group of people, you know, you got Dan Smith, Patrick Leonard, Timex, They're not you know, pick Johnny. Him. They don't just pick based on recency bias. Right. They pick on based on who she they think She could have gotten the him in the second round and gotten, like, whatever. Yeah, I think you're probably else. right that she might have been able to wait and get somebody else there. I'm not saying she for sure she could have gotten him in the second round, but it's definitely possible. Yeah. For me, the one that sticks out, and this one is a little bit controversial because he is a guru, and I don't question his talent. It's Nikita. Bojikovsky with the first overall pick. I think that's a player. You mean that the you, fifth, fifth overall. Fifth overall yeah. pick. I think that's a player that he probably could have gotten a little bit later. Now, this is a guy who's crushed online. Um, but as you know, poker online is slightly different than poker live. It's not exactly the same thing. And he hasn't, I mean, as far as I know, had a ton of live success in terms of these big tournaments. So for me, when I'm picking a horse that, you know, I want to win in the first round, I want a guy who's won before. I don't want, like, Chris, like for the last, I'm 43 now. Every three, four years... There's a new group of players who are like, oh, he's the best. He's the right. best. I'm like, was well, he won anything? Nobody will. I'm like, okay, well, when he does, I'll start picking them. And they usually do. <laughs> yeah, they often do. Yeah. Like, I remember it was Isaac Barron way back in the day. Yeah. And Fedor, before Fedor That's funny. was Fedor. Isaac yeah. Before Fedor was Fedor, he was like, he, he was buried in high rollers. Like, right. the first year or so, everyone talked about how great he was and how he's going to win and break through, but he hadn't yet. And there was probably, I mean, there might have been some sort of a learning curve with him in terms or of the variance, adaptation. Obviously. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's always the thing, too. When you're variance. playing with all the best players in the world, you're going to have to get lucky at some point sure. to win, no matter who you are. Yeah, no question. All right. So let's go to the second round now. And we're going to show you how this worked in a snake style. So if you can see the graphic, if not, whatever. But um, I'll tell you, Timex went with. <clears throat> David Peters, then Fedor Holtz, Adrian Mateos, Isaac Haxton, Tom Marchese, Igor Kurganov. Who's your best pick in that round? Or you want me to go first on this one? I don't care. It's All right. To you. Go ahead. I, you know, you go first. All right, I'll go first. So I think this is, first of all, this is like an excellent round. I mean, as are most of the rounds going to be, obviously. But I think just because of the format of the pool, I think I'm gonna to have to go with Mateos. I just think that hey, he's. I picked him. I just think he's gonna win the tournament, like just get exactly first place, a little bit more often than like Ike or Tom or D. Peters. I don't. I would. Fedor's up there for me as well because his style of play is not exactly like slow. Like he's gonna accumulate chips and win a lot also. But he he wasn't available when you picked Adrian. So it so right. it's almost yeah. like a moot point. So I, that's why I'm going to go with so Adrian. As, I think it's a great pick, and that's the one that I made at that at that stage. I was surprised to see him drop that far, frankly. Um, but for me, you know, the pick of the round. You, you look at the career this guy's had at a young age, and it's Fedor Holtz. And when you talk about a guy who's gonna, who can win, like he's 
won so much and he finishes so strong in these things. Yes, he's a recreational businessman player now, but I mean, yeah. that means nothing basically. So maybe he's not <laughs> too totally in tune with like, you know, these, the, the solvers and stuff, but I'm sure that... I bet he is. He's, yeah, he's going to show up and be ready. <laughs> I bet he is. And I think it's hard like not to pick a guy like Fedor Holtz. Yeah. Now, which of these picks do you think? And these are all great picks, right? You look at yeah. all six of them are great it's picks. It's so hard to pick a bad one. I mean, I, my gut just says Igor. I don't know why yeah, I, I say that. It just It just seems like... It just seems like he's not exactly up on the level of like Tom and Isaac and Adrian for me. I, I could be a hundred percent wrong. I actually don't know. It's just a gut instinct that says that he. It just seems like those guys have been playing more and have been having more success than you were lately. I last actually couple of years. on this one, I completely agree with you in the Igor pick because I think all the other ones like they're playing so much and they're yeah, winning yeah. so much. And Igor is kind of like he's in love with Liv and like he's he's you know he's obviously a fantastic player. But I don't know, and maybe we're wrong that he, how much time he's spending in the lab, yeah. like really studying. But right. uh, what I do know is all the other picks like have put in the work of late. And right. Igor, you know, he was part of the German crew that came before the new Germans. Right. You know, so um, you wonder, like, how many of them are left? Like, Tobias Rankemeyer was part of that group. And so was, uh, oh, my God, who am I thinking about? Oh, I know. What's the... The good-looking guy. The really <laughs> Fabian? good-looking... No, He's Fabian? Fabian Quas is He was one. one of the people. But the really good-looking dude. Max. Max Eltergott. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was, that whole crew so, was like gone pretty right. much. Right, and not Igor. a lot of them were playing. And then I don't know if Igor even was in that crew. It's just the same time. He was. I remember because I, yeah. I remember when they were coming up, you know, and I was battling with them. I remember actually, uh, and it was also Philip Grusome in that crew. I was playing against Igor in a tournament in Monte Carlo. We were heads up and all of his German rails. The one thing I will say for, for Igor's benefit though, he's so comfortable. It seems like playing in like any single sure. circumstance. Like he doesn't strike me as one that would like get, not that any of these That's guys. That's what really I'm saying. Work. Like I looked at the, the rest of the list and yeah. I'm like, which guy, yeah, which one of these is, is not? Yeah. Marchese is comfortable. Haxon yeah, is, is a computer. He's just I, like, yeah. he's like, okay, yeah. very, okay. Watch this three. That means I bluff. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. like, and then you got uh, Adrian, who's clearly just a madman, comfortable. Fedor is yeah. intimidating, and DP plays. David Peters plays more poker in these things than anyone. He's yeah. like a grinder. He travels from Montreal to like Monte Carlo to Miami to Florida, like just every day. The guys in, in a tournament wearing the same freaking tracksuit. Because why not? When I was his age, like I didn't. I brought like twenty white T-shirts because what's right. the difference? I'm not here to like. He's not. Look it's sexy. not a fashion I'm, contest. I'm here to like. Yeah, I'm here to win money. And that's what he does. All right, so we were in agreement <laughs> there with the Igor pick, yep. you know, and uh, I, you know, I can't go wrong either with the Adrian or the Fedor pick as, as being the top ones of the second round. Now let's look at the third round, starting with gets, Dan Smith. Gets more interesting. In sure, the third round. we got Dan Smith, Reiner Kempe, Jason Kuhn, Bryn Kenny, Ben Tolerine, and Brian Rast. So best you wanna, pick this you round. Go best I'll go pick. first. Let me yeah, go first go. with this you one go. because so this was an interesting one because it was so I literally was between Bryn Kenny and Ben Tollering. Right. I was thinking in my head which one do I want Wait. because oh because you yeah, had yeah I okay. had an opportunity to take Bryn or Ben right. and uh, Ben has been playing a lot lately. He's really he's a guy who is relatively newer to the high roller scene but like super good and he's somewhat new somewhat but in terms of like the grind and like yeah. his his just his, his like his graph is I think up. he's too rich to grind. No, nah, he grinds hard. This okay. guy, like, he's no joke. Yeah. But I had to go with uh, the guy who's been hot, GPI guy last year, so confident. And I think it takes a lot of confidence to, like, win one of these things. And he, under the pressure, feels like he's the best player in the world at all times. And frankly, I'm surprised to see a guy like Bryn Kenny drop to the third round despite the results. And that's like, so this is what's interesting about this stuff is it's like, we learn a lot of information, right, about how these other pros see Bryn's game. Right. Because the poker world sees Bryn as, like, the number one GPI player and fantastic and all this. And then it's like, 
Well, hmm, he fell pretty far in this draft. So at that point, I had to take Bryn. How it's about not exactly surprising to me that he's going to drop with this group of people? Well, especially when he talks on a podcast. He was doing the Remco podcast, which if you don't listen to, you should. It's a uh, um, heads up with Remco or the Poker Central pods. They're fantastic. Uh, Bryn Kenny did one where he talks about like, ah, I don't GTO, bro. Yeah, I just make reads, man. Like yeah. this, and it's like. When you think about the super high roll, but you think like maybe you need to, right? But, you know, but maybe not if he's good enough. With no, the reads. exactly. And so, the thing about that is like, for people that don't necessarily believe in the reads, even when you're playing with him and he like makes some call that he's right, and you're and you know he's calling with a hand that the person that gets called thinks maybe he shouldn't be calling with, they're just going to attribute it to him like it's a bad that. play, yeah. right? It's like well, that for the was most part, that not everyone. Not GTO, but that's not. I mean, for sure, a lot of these guys will like yeah. be able to deduce that maybe they gave something off or maybe. Yeah. I think Bryn, you'd be surprised. I think Bryn Kenny actually instinctively does a lot of game theory optimal things anyway. Right. That like, I, maybe he studied, maybe he didn't. There's almost you know? no way he doesn't actually. Yeah. I mean, Even there's no default. way he could be. Yeah. He may not be using solvers, right. but he's doing it, you know. He's doing something right. Yeah, for sure. I mean, he's, no question. he can't be winning at yeah. the rate that he's been Tough winning cookie. over like the years. And aggressive too, which is what we want in, right. in this type yeah, of thing. Yeah, so, so I'm, my pick is Ben. I mean. Ben Tolerant, okay. Yeah, I mean, he's just like an all-time legend of the game. Like one of the best poker players, like literally one of the best poker players of all time, I would say, if you had to like make a list of he beat all. me for 300,000 online yeah. one time playing heads up because I'm like I was practicing Frizzledur and yeah. I didn't realize I sat at a table that was like 250 big blind cap instead of 100 and it was like crazy because I kept getting in it with jacks or queens for all of it and he always had aces or kings right. and it's like oh yeah I'm but, not supposed to get it in that deep with right, jacks right. or queens you gotta, he, learned, he taught you a lesson it was nice oh man yeah, he, yeah. he destroyed me but anyway yeah I mean it's hard to go wrong with Ben like he's from what I understand actually wrong guy the, nope not Ben Tolerant. Was ben it? Solsky. Ben Solsky. Right. That makes sense. I got sense. the Bens wrong. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. It could have been. They're both similar in terms of yeah. like their online prowess. But anyway, Ben is just like, he just seems to like always make the right decision. Like every time I'm watching a live stream and he's playing, he's just he just knows it's, it's poker well so out. well. Like yeah. from front to back, every spot, it seems like he just knows. Mm-hmm. So I mean, it's hard to not like like a guy like that. You know. Okay. I mean, it's another round where you, there's no real like. Well, there's maybe one somewhat weak spot compared <laughs> well, to the other. Speaking of so the worst, so let's go to pick. the weak spot. So who do you, who's the weak spot in I this mean, round I just, for you? I just have to go with with the king, with King Rass. I mean, he. I just don't think that he's putting nearly as much time into specifically no limit hold'em as like a Jason Kuhn or like a Reiner or like probably Dan Smith. You know, Brian's in Bobby's room playing mixed games, playing he's, the big bet mix. Yeah, playing big bet, playing mix. like goofy games, pineapple. And yeah, all, yeah. I mean, he's like obviously like a phenomenal world-class poker player, but you know, he's playing against other phenomenal world-class poker players that are specialists in no limit. He's not a specialist in no so limit. So it's interesting because uh, while I was doing some interviews for the Insider Show, I saw Brian Rass down there and we were chatting about No Limit Hold'em and he talked about how, you know, he's like, he always felt really good about his No Limit Hold'em game. Right. But in the last couple of years, people have done a lot of work with solvers and he felt like maybe it was like a slightly a step behind. So right. I think even he would acknowledge that, you know, you know, while he may have felt really at, on top of it, that maybe he's slightly behind the curve right now. So when you compare him to... Every other name, they are regulars on the high roller scene. Brian right. plays occasionally, but as you said, he's distracted with other things. So I think um, I'm with you that uh, Brian Rass would be the sort of he'll the, make up for some of his shortfalls in other ways. Like sure. he's a presence at the table, no like, question. You know, so it's not like I'm not saying he's in a bad spot or anything in the tournament. I just wouldn't have necessarily picked him that high. Like he's another guy where you look at the draft. Like Timex could have gotten him next round. Possibly, or even like two yeah, rounds later. I think later. Timex was like, especially for this first draft. I think Timex was a little 
out of uh, touch. He also, I found out later, he, sp- he told me by text, he meant to take Fedor, but he thought he was already taken because he assumed he'd be taken first. So he didn't know he was available. Oh, that's um, funny. But yeah, I think Rask, Yeah, I was surprised actually. I think, I yeah, when you look that. at some of the bottom picks that Timex says we'll get to later. Um. Like could, was, would, would, like would the, any of these guys have taken Rast over their no, picks? No, I don't think so. Maybe, well, maybe like. Maybe near the Sean end. But anyway, let's yeah. move on. So we got Rast down as our quote unquote weaker link in that group. And let's move on to the next round, which started with Christian Christner, <laughs> Sergey Ido, Seth Davies, Corey Aldemir, Sean Winter, Andreas Eiler. So who is your best pick in this round? Best pick? Um, I don't know. I kind of, I kind of I, I, I like Ido. I, okay. I mean, I've just heard a lot, a lot of good things about him. I've never actually really seen him play. But I haven't really seen much of – too much of any of these guys. And I've just – heard from random people that he's you know that he was once thought of as like the best in the world like may, maybe not anymore maybe that's the nikita guy that so you my were concern about, with but. ido and not that I don't, I don't think he's the weak link at all my concern with him is like this is a win only You're right and just looking at his stats and his numbers on Hendon mob like he's Has had he a lot played of, a lot of tournaments yeah he's played in the high rollers and yeah. all that uh, uh, i've noticed that uh you know he's he's been deep a lot but much like myself you know he's he, he's not closing as yeah often but as that's the other guys. again that's variance and all yeah, that kind of so stuff so so that's your top pick um who would be in because I'm, I'm gonna ask you because i already know so who do you think is your weak link in this round well i don't know who is eiler i don't know oh i'm not sure it's one of the germans i think oh he's german yeah but you said something before about I who did. you thought. I did, but I kind of, I, I kind of want to change my mind. Well, I think it, I think say I'm, who it was, and then you can change your mind. Okay, I was going to go with Aldemir just because I've never really. I mean, I don't. Obviously, once again, we're picking out of all the best players in the world. But I've just never been that impressed with like his game as a whole. I mean, I haven't seen him play too much. Um, so that was going to be my pick. It just seems like he's on the tighter side a little bit less likely to necessarily get like first place than some of the other guys. Yeah. And so, so I, a reason I wanted you to open with that was because my steal of the round was Corey Aldemir yeah. because I actually have played with him and, uh, he's, well, uh, you know a lot better he, than I Yeah. Would. He's, he puts on the ICM pressure big time, like okay. in an event in where were we in Barcelona or something? He was chip leader. Mm-hmm. He was opening under the gun with like 10, four suited right. you know, in a, in a really smart spot to be like in a, what in a 10 K or no, it was a big tournament. It was oh, like hundred okay. K. So he knows what he's doing. He's got all the wheel. He's got all the That's all the fine. tools and all the wheels. So I was going to change my pick to Sean. Plus, I, I I thought about taking myself, yeah. Seth Davies, the pick that I chose, mm-hmm. but I feel like I don't want to overdo it because obviously the picks that I take I think are the best. And frankly, when Corey was chosen, I didn't know he was eligible because the list that they originally sent me didn't have him on there. Oh really? So I don't know what so happened. So you would have picked him over Seth? Um. Oh no, you couldn't probably. Have. Oh yeah, yeah no, have. I could have. have. I probably would have, but oh, wow. it was close between because I, I again. Well, you I definitely would have. You think he was the best pick of the round? Yeah, yeah, I would have taken him. You know, knowing what I know. So and then your your so you had your versus Corey and mine would be simply because I just don't know the player. You yeah. know, and again, okay, but pick from someone you know. Well, that's, I, that's I, a I would go out. with Andreas Eiler. Yeah, but you don't know who he is, so you don't know if he is weak or not. Okay, so if I didn't take Eiler, I would go with, and this is a really tough group. Um, I would go Sean Winter because. Sean is super aggro and like super accomplished, you know, on the Florida scene. Um, hasn't really, I would say, broke through in the super high rollers in terms of like being one of the top guys yet. Yeah. And uh, but I know he works hard. He's got like a big. I mean, I'm down. sure if he's playing a 300k, he's been working on yeah. his game and stuff. Yeah, I'm assuming, not for sure. So you made me go. And also, him. if he's super aggressive, that's kind of a good thing for the draft. Yeah. But yeah, I wasn't gonna. It's it's a cop out not knowing someone. 
right. So let's go with the next round. Yeah. We got Arnie Rouge, Kale. I think it's Kale. Kale Burns. Uh-huh. Andrew Lichtenberger, Lucky Chewy, Byron Caverman, John Andreas, and Doug Trolk. Who? Doug Trolk. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Polk. Sorry. Okay. Um, are you want me, do you, you want me to go first on this one? This one, I mean, for me, the two bet there's like a very, very clear two best picks of the round between, for me, it was between Byron and, and Andrew, Lucky Chewy. Um, and I guess I would have to go with Byron just because he, hey, another one of my like, picks. I feel like Byron is going to have much more experience with the rest of the field than sure. anyone else that was drafted in this round. Cause he's like, you know, he's a regular on the high roller scene. He's played like, I would assume he's played more high rollers than any of than maybe the rest of this entire round combined. So his database of like hands with all the other players is going to be so much, so much more. I feel like that's a decent advantage i mean not to mention he's just an accomplished and great player anyway so you know it, it definitely for me those are the two clear one and two of the round but i in the end i would have to go with byron okay so i picked byron and i obviously like byron there's one guy that is a little bit of a wild card but i know he's working with a group and been grinding really hard on you know using solvers i'm pretty sure anyway and that's um actually kale burns um, kale like your I think favorite it's kale. food? I'm pretty sure it's kale. Yeah. So I'm pretty sure, like, so he's in a study group with a really solid group of guys, and uh, um, I wouldn't be surprised. And and that sort of goes against a little bit of what I've said about like not picking guys who have one big. But um, has he played high rollers? Yeah, before? he's been playing high rollers. He plays high stakes cash oh, okay. games, all that kind of stuff. So he'd be my guy that I picked as my, um, you know, I'll, I'll, you know, Byron's obviously. I'm, I don't want to pick everyone that I chose. Yeah. Um, the weak link on the on the row is one I just I don't know. But if he was taken early by by Johannes, Johannes must know him, and he must probably be one of like the German. Who's Arnie Rouge? Never heard of him in my life. Yeah, well, but I'm, I mean that doesn't mean anything. So, to be fair, but that's who I'd go with just because I don't know him. Could be the seal of the draft. Could it's be the possible, steal. unlikely. But. Could be the seal of the draft, but we don't know. And then right. there's another one I know. Well, you go ahead and tell me who you think your weakest. My weak link. Yeah. I mean, I would have to agree with you, but if I if we were picking only people we knew. Um, it would for me it would only be the those four you know like I only know four of the people in the round, and I guess I would just be ha- I would have to go with John just because not that he's a weak player I've actually played a, a decent amount with him back in like Borgata Borgata he's very 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 good but like you know it's a three hundred k he's playing with people that he's probably yeah. hasn't played with at all before sure. huge buy in I mean what are the chances he's going to be in there like blasting like looking to get first place. You know what right, I mean? Right, so that's the big issue. Like Byron, right. how much more often is Byron or any of the others guys going to get first place? Like exactly first place over John. Even Doug. Doug's going to get first place like yeah, so, that's so what, many more times right. than Other, John. Yeah, so I said with, like, with Doug specifically, I would say that for this format, because it is winner take all, you know, his style of play is pretty high variance in a lot of spots. Yeah, he's, so, a, good, he's a good pick. So he's, you know, he's a guy that like yeah. can flame out early or could potentially win. So, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hard, to, hard to go there. And again, I'm, I'm going with Arnie Rude just because I don't know him. And I thought, you know, there are some players in the, in the last round that I thought were worthwhile. And let's go to the last round here. Timex had to wrap around. The way we do it is a snake draft. So he went with Eric Seidel. Next up was Marcus Dernegger. Then we had Keith Tilson. Andrew Robel, who we now know is going to be replaced. Worst by pick Stephen. of the draft. Yeah, well, I mean, let's. So Worst then, then, the then, then Kristen McNeil picked. Oh, my God, buddy. I made it. 
I, I made it. I got chosen. I think she just did that so that you'd talk about I how actually awesome it was that was she like, picked wow, you on the podcast. Like, well, I mean, <laughs> I, I would have picked myself there too, to be honest with you. Or even maybe a little bit earlier. Yeah, no, so, that was a good pick. Uh, I wouldn't pick myself pick anyway in this draft. But, maybe uh, third. So, so, so anyway, she picked <laughs> Daniel Negreanu. And with the last pick of the draft, leaving uh, players on the, on the shelf, like, you know, I said the Helmuth, the Brandon Adams, the Antonio Esfandiari, and, and some others, is Talal Shakurchi. So let's take a look at this round and say... Who is your ace in the hole in this round? I mean, I I guess I really like your draft. <laughs> you I, picked my guy because <laughs> I like Keith a lot. Me too. I just uh. think like we're, like I was you know I've been saying this a lot, but it just seems to me like that guy is going to win the tournament more often than anyone else that was picked this round. More often than you even. Mm-hmm. I mean, by far. Style wise, yeah, right. A little bit. Like I, yeah, I've played with him enough, and he, you know, I think he's great. I had him in the last one. My last draft, I had Jake Schindler and Keith Tilson, and guess what? They finished one, two. Right. And I finished third, for the record. So, um, so Keith Tilson is your number one pick. Obviously, I was very fond of that pick. I picked him ahead of myself when I could have there. That's partly because I don't see a lot of value in picking myself in one of these you things. Gotta, it's like a hedge. I'm already playing for $5 million and it's right. not like, oh, man, I should have picked myself, and I would have won the draft. Right. Um, but anyway, I'm actually going to, and this is, this is big ego now. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna say that I think, uh, in in Kristen's position, that picking me was the right choice. Right. I think she made the right pick in, in that place. Because I mean, that's not a left, crazy thing to say. Yeah, no, there wasn't. When you <laughs> I look think at most people would agree with if, you. You know, Talal is obviously you know really you know businessman comes from the businessman world. You know, studies the game. Um, I've been working pretty hard, and I've had really good results since working. You know, on my, you know, game theory and stuff. October, November, December, put in some work, and then in. Um, my first event, I got heads up with Dan Smith in the toughest town near K I've ever played. I think that ever existed. Um, and I was 80% to win that. Well, had a good Bahamas trip. Um, and then I had a good U.S. Open where I made a lot of finals. Mm-hmm. So I feel really good about where my game is at. Having said that, the downfall for me has been the hockey season. Because well, what I've been doing is um, drinking copious amounts of alcohol and following that up with a is day Is that of- bad for your brain? <laughs> And then a day of Postmates, right. right? Which is just like breakfast, lunch, dinner, pizza, 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 nachos. I basically, like I described this to her, I was like, I feel like having like a fried peanut butter and jelly nacho popcorn. Like, steak. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> steak, pizza, French, French fried pizza sandwich. Like that's kind of you think you're going to have like a hangover after the hockey season? Like a post-hockey? No, I'll be okay by then. Yeah. I mean, because um, that'd be bad. For yeah, we're gonna have series. to taper it down because, like, so partly what that does, I've gained a little weight. I had the surgery on my uh, ACL, so right. gained a little weight anyway because I wasn't doing cardio. Um, some good weight, well, some okay weight, and some you know extra pushing. Was that cushion for the pushing? <laughs> but anyway, I feel good about my game, of course. So I think that she did the right thing considering what was available. Um, I, I like her pick there in the last round. So that's your number one pick. My, myself. So you think yeah. you're gonna win more often, Keith? Um. Yeah. I do, but you know, I could be wrong. I'm not saying that that's it's possible like gospel, but also I think that, you know, once Keith was chosen, you know, right. she, left. Yeah. She had a great, right. I mean, it also is kind of an easy pick though. Like yeah. it, it is, it's, but I guess that you can't like take that away from her. There's nothing. She, it's still a good pick. Sure. I actually, there are some players here and I won't mention names, but there's definitely some players here that were picked ahead of me. A good chunk of them that I think uh, I should have gone ahead. Not to say I'm, I'm opposed to where I was chosen necessarily, but I look at the list and there's on each team, there's at least one. I think that was picked ahead of me that I feel like I have a stronger chance than they do to actually win the tournament. Right. Uh, worst pick for you. Um, I mean, I don't know who Marcus is, but I'm One assuming he's probably very good because 
I think he's one of the Germans. His German. name sounds like someone that's good at poker. <laughs> yeah, Marcus right. Dürnegger. 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 Careful. Uh, <laughs> Talal, uh, so I'm going to have to go with Talal, I guess. I mean, he's the yeah. only non... I mean, Keith is not a professional poker player, but he was at one point. Talal's... I mean, he's not a professional poker player. He plays mostly for fun. I mean, it's a pretty yeah. easy choice i think out of yeah this group. i i gotta tell you like when i look at that last pick and i think of a guy like antonio sfondiari who's available like this guy won the biggest event ever like he has a game that he can elevate he's a, a read-based player he plays really aggro you know he, he does a lot of three betting from the button he gets it in there so like he gets a big stack of chips he's tough to, to play that's gonna you know? be painful if antonio wins for johnny yeah because i, I mean that's that's a Right. That could be looked I mean, at as a big blunder. I mean, it's only a few years, years removed. And, like, Antonio plays super high stakes, so he's going to be very comfortable. It might have been the worst pick of the draft, of the entire draft, I, I think. Over Antonio. I mean, yeah. did you, do you give any sort of, like, pause at saying someone like Brandon Adams, who's been working really hard in his game, right. with Patrick Antonio? And he's using solvers, and he's, like, talking to some of the best He might not have known game. that also. Sure. Like, he sure. knows who Antonio is. Right. So, I don't know. But then again, I don't know that much about Talal's game. And so no, Phil Helmuth came fourth in this event a couple of years ago. Yeah. But Nobody has much faith in his game. And so this is, for a lot of you guys listening to this, this isn't throwing shade at Phil Hellmuth. Like, I love the guy. I think he's great for the game. But, like, uh, and he'll tell you he's the best player in the game. And if you do these drafts, you'll routinely see he doesn't get chosen. And he doesn't get chosen because, um, you know, a lot of the, most players that are at the top of the level don't think he's very good against good players. He has some tricks up his sleeve against weaker opponents that they get intimidated by yeah. and whatever. But, like, against really top opponents unfortunately for him like his betting lines are easily read and they're not exactly gto he takes some very clear he he make he makes some mistakes that are very easily exploitable and mm-hmm. while he thinks he's exploiting his opponents they're just exploiting him a lot of the time. and you like, think the more he plays with these people the worse off yeah like so him. if you watch the super rollable when fedor played against him it was like frankly kind of embarrassing like fedor was check raising with middle pair on the turn and value betting like bottom two on a four card straight like he just owned him. When Phil had him, he just check folded. It was like he had he had Phil's range narrowed down to like like three hands. You know, it was, yeah. it was he basically knew by based on bet sizing, based on everything else. And I think the biggest misconception a lot of younger or a lot of people in poker today think is like, oh, you know, the old school players were with the, with the live reads, right? The young guys read really well too. Like this yeah. is not a thing where they're just focused on PO and stuff like that. They're focused on concealing tells and they're also focused on, and I'm not going to name who, but a lot of them are extremely good at uh, picking up reads uh, on their opponents. Yeah. Yeah. I, All right. So that does it for the super high roller bowl portion of this thingy. Um, and now it's time to make an announcement. Oh, whose team do you like? Who, who, I like who do you think team. is the worst and the best team Oh, overall? let's look at that. Yeah, good point. I'm going to say I think I have the best team. I Naturally. think with, with Jake Schindler, Adrian Mateos, Bryn Kenny as my top three, those are all like go-getter winners. Yeah. And um, I like my I like the Keith Tilson steal. Byron Caverman's a guy who can win. And Seth Davies, like I said, he's been working super hard. You ask Jason Kuhn and the like, they say he knows all the spots, you know, and he's uh, you know, he's been playing the high rollers and having success mm-hmm. lately too. So I don't feel like I have a weak link where I go, ah, this guy can't win. Right. Yeah, I mean, you're, you have a – and there's a – I mean, all the teams are good, obviously, so it's – you're really nitpicking. Like we're nitpicking completely, even doing this at all. But if I had sure. to pick a best, I mean, I, I I could see Pad's team being actually the best team. I was a little bit worried about his team, but then again, this is such a wild card team because you don't necessarily know what you can expect from Nikita, right. John Andres, Marcus Duneger. Like they could be just wizards that we don't know are right, like, exactly. so far above ahead of us. But um, I think I would go with your team also. I like my I, team. Timex's team is even though we were saying that we wouldn't necessarily pick Rast. 
Uh, I don't like that team very much. I don't. Think I, I I think his team is <laughs> is is decent. I mean, Eric's a really great, a phenomenal pick to get in the last round of the draft. Sure, you know the well. thing about Eric too, like we talked about, is you know Eric's a little bit on the more conservative side. So. Somewhat, but he still wins. He's still not not lately, like in terms no, of not first lately. place. Like he sure. did, but he, he had, had that, that year where he won like fucking right. every single tournament. That was like pre-solvers. Oh, right? was yeah, it was pre. Oh. It was like 2011 or 12 or something. And oh. uh, you know, he's a guy that's like a uh, like a plotter kind of way. He like he'll make final tables, and he usually right. he's like if you look at his stats. He's coming with a lot of short stacks in those finals where, right. you know, a guy like Mateos is like, I have 80% chips. Yeah, I like your it's team. It's good. I like big high. Um, so, so my team I like. Uh, some of the teams that I have questions on, I, I don't think Timex did all that well with his top two picks. I love Nick Petrangelo as a player. I think he's really, really good and aggro and a guy that can win. And David Pierce, not terrible, but I just wonder if they were the best. Uh, another good team, Dan Smith's team. You know, with Justin Bonomo, he's playing really, really well of late. I yeah. think. Uh, it seems like he's just always playing really well. He's like, it, yeah. like he's been so. He's consistent. actually gotten better. Like yeah. I'm sure of it. Like I, I know two years. But ago, he also years has ago, five people <laughs> instead of six. It's I will say problem. I can. I'll say this with total uh, confidence and honesty. It's like when he started playing the high rollers at first, there was a level of aggression that was probably a little, like a little too high, and he toned that on, mixed it up. He's still extremely aggressive, but I think he, sometimes he was getting himself in turn spots where he was getting it in like with he does have, Dan sets. Smith does have a really good team except for the fact yeah. that he only has five people yeah that doesn't That's help a slight hindrance uh, we might give him Antonio now and that would help him a lot that would help him uh, and then of course Johnny's team you know one of the one of the drawbacks of picking first is you don't get another pick till yeah the, you know the 12 spot and uh again that's going to be subject to whether or not Andreas Eiler and Arne Rouge are seems like Dan Smith picks. has always done well in this tournament no he's like, a solid he always player goes deep. yeah he was he would have been my like pick of the round if he wasn't picked first in the round. Right. Right. But he he was the right choice there for sure. Um, I would have picked him ahead of Ewer Kurganoff. Um, if given given the well, it's although the same it was the same thing, pick, right? yeah, you're it's right. He was thing. picked at the same time. So it's just unlucky for Igor that he got drafted in the second round, not yeah. the third. Because if he got drafted in the third, he might not have. Sure. He wouldn't have been. Yeah. Picked oh the yeah. Exactly. Of the, like, of the yeah, round, yeah, unlucky yeah. Igor oh, man, running man, bad. <laughs> but then he's okay. He's, little, he's, he's good. He's happy. He'll be all right. He's not going to watch this yeah. either. So, guys, that's going <laughs> to wrap up the super high roller bowl portion of what we're going to break down for you guys today. But there is more, and this is where we're going to make the big announcement. And I, you probably have seen it uh, on the YouTube channel or not. But this year, I am going – I just decided to do this. I hadn't done it in a few years. I used to do it for full contact poker. Uh, and it's a lot of fun to get fans involved. This isn't Poker Go related. It's not Poker Central related. It's not Poker Stars related. It is Daniel Grande related. Full Contact Poker, old school, which was a site that I used to, you know, actually had an online poker room for quite a while um, before Black Friday just just ate up 170 million in my. <laughs> no big deal. 170, whatever. It's your worst losing. What was day. I going to do with 170 million? Just, yeah, I would. I never do drugs, but you, I'd probably be a drug addict. You, if I, had a, I don't think what so. What would I do with 170 million? You'd have a lot of tofu. I would hang out more with Dan Bilzerian. You'd have a lot of tofu, like in your. Garage. I have as much tofu oh, as fuck, I possibly could true. have. I don't know. What, I think you'd probably full. be doing the exact same thing. You maybe maybe you'd have a few more night <laughs> season plane, tickets. Maybe. I have 16 seats. Yeah, you'd well, probably have like 32. I don't know. I don't. And think you'd so. have the plane. I don't know. Whatever. Um, but <laughs> enough about dreaming about money. You'd probably. No, never mind. Yeah. I'm not going to say that. That was only my... The, the, you know about the Poker Stars one, too. Which one? What do you mean? <laughs> no, I don't know. I probably know, but go so ahead. So, like, years ago, before Poker Stars was even a thing, I played I played with Eastside Scheinberg in poker rooms in Toronto. We played, like, 10-20. We played tournaments all the time. $20 tournaments. 10-20, like, limit hold'em? Yeah, limit hold'em, and we played tournaments, like, $20 right. buy-in. And, uh, you know, he was just a guy who was a software guy, IBM or whatever. Really? Years later, I was talking to a company. I wasn't doing any deal with them, but I was considering doing a deal with... Uh, ultimate bet 
Ralph, Phil, 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 Phil Helmuth was with them. Andy yeah. Duke was with them. Then I heard Russ Hamilton was involved and like pretty heavily. And I swear to you, I said, I don't think so. Because I just never, I always thought of the guys like a shady hustler from the golf days and stuff like that. So I didn't want to get involved and I didn't. Um, but at the time, you know, I was at the airport once going to a tournament and Isai called me and like offered me a consultant position. And he's like, I'll give you like, you know, 3% of the company. <laughs> <laughs> Three percent. What did they sell for? It would have been worth six like billion. They sold for billion. it was like literally no. only no. Oh, half a billion. How much no. did they sell for? What was three percent worth? Oh, they sold for four point nine billion. Yeah. So three percent was like one hundred and fifty million. Yeah, whatever. It's a lot. Yeah, it's fine. What did you say? Half a billion? <laughs> I mean, you're not that far off. One hundred and fifty million. I have no idea. <laughs> so anyway, so, so you'd only would have like. 400 million if yeah. Black Friday never happened. <laughs> That's no big deal. You probably have a nicer camera for the You know, if, if I did have that money, then this fantasy uh, offer that I'm giving people would be worth a little bit more money. But yeah. um, here's what I'm doing, guys. This is fun for me. I like doing it. I also do, as you know, the 25K Fantasy. But this year, and it should be live on the website right now. The link is going to be in the, in the description. And essentially what we've done is I'm going to give away to first... I'm gonna, we're going to give away... Top 10 prizes, I believe. I don't have it right in front of me, but first prize is going to be $10,000 wow. free roll. Yeah. Having said that, there's a caveat. You get to keep 5000 do whatever you like with it. The other 5000 is donated to the charity of your choice. And this can't be some like, you know, you know, Uncle John's like flat screen fund. It's right. got to be like a real, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, oh, you know, yeah. like I remember seeing, <laughs> so anyway, so it can't be that. So here's how it's going to work. Okay. I made up groups of players who, you know, are of different strength going into the World Series of Poker in terms of what they'll do using the point system that we use for the 25K Fantasy Draft. And essentially what you'll do is you'll go through all 16 boxes and you're going to pick one player. So you'll have a team of 16. As a tiebreaker, you're going to pick the number of uh, entrants into the main event. And then you're going to, you know, follow it along throughout the World Series. One player per entry, of course. So I said first prize is going to get five and five second is 25 and 25 i think 15 and 15 uh, all the way down to 10th place is going to get some money so you're always going to be in the running so me and my boy eric wasserson um are going to have a, a lot more insight i think here in this draft yeah, than we would in sure. the super high roller bowl because again there was some names that um i wasn't sure of so let's start with some big hitters okay this is this is going to be a powerful group and in that group we have steven chidwick mixed game guru justin bonimo mike leah the guy who just literally auto regs every tournament. Yeah. And then John Monet, cash game specialist in the high stakes Bobby's Room games and also, you know, mixed game phenom and all the stud games. So um, where, what are your thoughts on this one here? I have an interesting thought about this group, actually. So I'm just looking at it and I'm Chidwick, you know, it's going to be playing high rollers at Aria and whatever, Bellagio, whatever. I don't know. I don't, actually, I don't really know if there are a lot of high rollers this summer. But if there are, I'm sure it will take him away from the Rio for a little bit. Same thing for Bonomo. Um, so I'm going to go with a very surprising pick of Mike Leah. And the reason I'm going to pick him, and now he won't be the best pick anymore if a lot of people listen to this, because I think that of this group, he'll be the person picked the least. And if you have uh, to win, he, he could easily like have a huge summer win like well, he's two races. Get results. he plays every single tournament yeah. like literally every tournament he's going to get results he could like he you know in theory he could just win player of the year and if the if he's the least picked person from this pool 
then it gives you such an edge over the field if you have him on your team. I'll and say he does the well. downside for this pool of Mike Leah is the fact that he plays all the little like small events, the gimmicky yeah. ones, the 365, yeah, yeah. the Colossus. So what that does is the only way he's going to get real points in our pool is if he makes final tables or really deep runs. So no, he he'd will have, to, have most likely have like at least one really yeah, deep and those run are worth a lot. So the way yeah. that the pool is structured, the 25k fantasy, and if you want to go to 25kfantasy.com, you can check out the rules there. Um, it's very final table heavy, very 10k buy-in heavy. Yeah. But also there is a caveat for like those no limit runs that like if you make a deep run in Colossus, like just finishing like 60th or something, you can get yourself like 100 points, which is worth. Right. It seems <laughs> like <laughs> seems to me like whoever wins the 25k league always has like a f- bunch of one get one or two guys who has like yeah you know like Claude Nicky, sloppy Claude just gets deep in the 1500s and right. stuff like that. So um so I I, I hear what you're saying on Chidwick and Bonham and I agree that, that this kind of sucks honestly like I know that these guys want to play with I wish that everyone just played the World Series poker because it's good for the game. I understand they go to the Ari and play you know to make money, but I think it's just I don't know. I think it'd be better for poker if everyone focused on the World Series of Poker and really elevated that as a world championship. And when we have some of our top players not playing because they're playing down the street, um, weakens it a little bit. So, But I do think that both of those guys are going to look at their ROI and say, oh, I'm going to play a 25K versus a 1,500 right. eight game. Um, Mike Lee, as you said, is a horse. I'm going to go with the guy who I just feel like, um, you know, he's just good. He's just good at poker. Like, I don't know what his schedule is going to look like. The danger with him, of course, is he might just, like, be in juicy games at Bobby's room. And that's John Monet. He can't Angry stay John. away from the Rio. He loves it too much. Yeah. I mean, well, I'd love it that much, too, if I won, like, four races every year. Yeah, got well, close he doesn't to quite do time. that. But <laughs> the struggle for John, of course, is he is a prominent cash game player. So he would be dividing his time there as well. Well, he's certainly the best player in the group. I would say definitely in terms for, of mixed, for this format, like yeah. if he, if all four of those guys played a full schedule, I John Monet would be, and John's not going to, but the thing about John, he's not going to get points in the no limits. Right. He's not going to play the one drop. Oh, he's not going right. to play the hundred K. He's not a no limit guy. He plays everything else. But he will play some of the small no limits actually. So he has a chance to get like the yeah, final sure. table bonuses right. or whatever. He's just, that's not his forte. No, he doesn't, right. you know, study the game as much because he doesn't need to. Yeah. So I would take Leah just from a strategical perspective. Yeah. Obviously, I mean, this is no... You know, this is nothing against Leah. I th- think John might I be like the best I think Leah's going to get picked world. by a lot of people. Yeah. Because, I mean, don't forget, like a lot of people that are picking this are not necessarily insiders. They're going to see a name. They go, oh, I know that guy. He plays a lot. Right. Um, but yeah, I think, John be, might I think that group will be now. spread out pretty good. It'll be interesting to see the percentages of who picked where. Yeah. And we'll release that, I think, if it's, if it's possible within the software so people can see who was most highly picked. Let's move on to the next group since we got 16 of them. Yeah. The next group is Brian Rast. This is the uh, Poker Players Championship group. Okay. This is the guys have won it. So we got Mike Mizrahi, Brian Rast, who's a two-time winner. Mike Mizrahi, another two-time winner. And Mike Gordinsky, Gordo. And then the winner from last year who I played with, which is Crazy Elior, Elior Sion. Where are we going Sion. here? Sion, um, Sion, whatever. Hmm. I guess I'd have to go with Grinder. Gordo is not a guarantee to be playing that many events. Um, I mean, I guess Grinder's not either. Rass is probably not going to be playing that many events. Elior almost for sure is not going to be playing that many events. So I feel like Reiner is the most likely of this group to be playing like a high volume of tournaments. That's one good pick. I mean, I think you, you know, you share my concerns with all these guys in this group is they're all cash game players like crazy Elior. If he gets the bug, maybe plays a lot, but the guy that I'm going to go with, cause I always feel like part of him loves poker, more for than just the miking of the money. He really loves all this kind of stuff. And I'm going to go with Mike Gordinsky. I does. think that Mike You can Mike's say the same thing for Rast, by the way. Sure. But Rast, what he does too is he always max late regis. Yeah, that's Which true. puts himself in there like really short. Gordo and does Gordo will it. come and play. 
So yeah. let's move on pretty quickly here. I'm going to go with Gordo. You're taking Ms. Rocky. Yeah. Next group. Um, I don't even know what to call this group. Old people and Jason. <laughs> <laughs> Myself, Daniel Ranu, Phil Helmuth, Eric Seidel, Jason Mercier. Who are you going with here? I got to go with Jason. I mean, you're going to be doing Super Bowl, Roller Bowl, hockey. You know, I don't know. It seems like Jason's the pick. So Jason's an interesting pick because he's a he's a he's a papa now, right? So he's got a baby. It's true. And I wonder. I don't know what his schedule is going to look like right now. He's also a guy who may play cash. Uh, yeah. And that's a concern there. I think Eric Seidel is the one pick here that probably doesn't fit because he's more of a no limit guy and doesn't necessarily play the mixed game circuit. Um, Helmuth, Although he does play some, but yeah. Yeah, Helmuth is a guy who does play a full schedule and obviously he's the most prolific, you know, World Series poker player in history. So he's always a threat. But and I'm going to miss the first week right. for the record. So if you are thinking about this, understand that I'm probably not going to play the first, which is not many. It's only like three, two events I basically missed. Three events. Yeah, there's like a 10k turbo. I'm going to miss like the 100k buy-in, which is going to have a big field, and then the Ten, 10K Omaha 8. And there's, there's a 10K field. turbo, no limit. Yeah, well, that's stupid. Well, no. I mean, it's good Hyper for fantasy. turbo, whatever. Yeah, it is, but I, I hate those. Phil guys. will be playing. Jason will be playing. Okay, well, I won't be. But yeah. I'll be back real soon, so I'm going to take myself because i, I got to go in with confidence. I am. I don't know what Jason's doing. If I know that Jason's playing a full schedule and I'm not, I'm, I'm going to take Jason. But I think he's pretty likely to. Okay, well, I got I'm going I'm, 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 I'm to take myself if that's okay. Fine, whatever. All right. Okay. This this is like this is a pretty tough group right here. This is like a mixed game special here. We're gonna go with Benny Glazer, James Obst, Randy Ohel, and Adam Owen. Where do we go with this one? I really For me it's easy. I mean you just have Obst has just crushed so hard the last few years. And he play, and he grinds super hard and obviously loves tournaments. I mean he plays every single tournament every single year. Yeah, my so, concern I mean, anytime you take somebody who's not from America is are they coming for sure for the whole thing? Because it is a big he's difference. It's got to be a huge favor to be coming. Yeah, I would imagine. But I'm going to go with a guy who I feel like is due to have some good results. And I'm pretty sure he's in the 50K. And I know he plays all the mixed games. And he'll probably be in all the 10Ks. Uh, and he's local. So I know he's going to be playing. And that's Randy O'Hell. Uh, and that's leaving out, you know, a couple of bracelet winners like Benny Glazer and Adam Owen. Adam's one I don't know what his schedule is going to look like, and neither do I know of Benny. So for me, I know Randy's going to play. So that's yeah, a safe he's playing pick. everything. For that's sure. a safe pick for me. That's fair. Okay, this next group is a little bit more of a high roller group that they all have some mixed game chops now that Ike plays some of the mixed games, and and the four are Isaac Haxton, Bryn Kenny, Dan Smith, Nick Shulman. I'm going with Nick. I mean, he's just by far the best mixed player of the group. He's got incredible results in, like, the 10K mixed tournaments. He seems to, like, if he's not final tabling, he's going deep, like, all the time, it seems like to me. He plays, like, short stack extremely well. I mean, I just and, – and he can't stay away from the real. He loves the yeah, mixed But he has stayed away. Not really. So he, Even he, in the summers, he stays away. He still plays a bunch. Yeah. My concern with him is because I've drafted him before in the 25K is, like – you know, he's got to make money. He's playing in the cash games, and it's hard for him to justify coming over to play these tournaments. But obviously, I'm actually going to agree with you and go with Nick Showman simply because uh, there isn't another guy on that list that I look at and say, okay, they're going to play a full schedule of the right. World Series. Bryn Kenny's got too much money right now. He's going to play high rollers at Aria. Dan Smith, he'll, you know. He'll fuck around. Yeah, but he's yeah. new to mixed games as well, so probably not his forte. Ike Haxton, you know, he'll be there for the 50K. But and he does play mix as well. Now, I don't know if he so, plays like the. But tournament. I agree with you. I think Nick Shulman is the most yeah. accomplished mixed game player and uh, a th- real threat because he's going to be there in the 10K events. And that's uh, and he's not going to be a guy that you're going to see at Aria playing the 25Ks. Right. I don't think. All right. Next, we have the Germans. 
the Germans that we came up with, and again, we could have come up with a bunch of different Germans like Fedor or whatever, but I don't think Fedor is going to be playing much, so we left him out of this group. This group is going to have Reiner Kempe, who is newly located here more often now that he's, you know, has a love interest. Uh, Dominic Nietzsche, Stefan Schilchabel, I love saying that, and your <laughs> least valuable player, Corey Aldemir. Who do yeah. you like here? I don't know. What's the difference? <laughs> <laughs> they're all the Who exact cares? same Just person. Pick a yeah. they're, all, they're not, though. So yeah, come on. I might have a little more insight here, so we'll <laughs> go with mine. Reiner, uh, you would imagine, is going to uh, you know, be here mm-hmm. for sure and play. I don't know if Schilhabel and Aldemir are going to play much at all. I would definitely not pick either of those well, guys. Well, Aldemir played the 10K heads up last year. Yeah, I mean, they're going to play the no limits. They're yeah. going to play the 100Ks and all that stuff. I know that because I, I beat him. And they'll probably be one-drop guys, right? So one-drop. Yeah, gonna, that's you know, true. Just, you know, a good, a good amount of points. So this is an interesting one. I'm, I'm sort of between Dominic Nietzsche, who I know grinds everything. Like, he'll play the $888 tournaments right. and whatnot. Um, it's either between him or Ryan. That's a good Kempe. pick. And he does. He seems to do extremely well in those, like, huge field no-limit yeah. tournaments. Yeah, you're right. I'm going to go with Dominic. All right, and I'll take Reiner then. All right, yeah. just so we're different. Okay, next group, we've got another group of high roller killers. Uh, the difference here is there are no mixed game chops in this one. We got David Peters, Adrian Mateos, Jason Kuhn, Jake Schindler. We call these the one-trick ponies. Now you play, go first on this one. They play one game and one game only. So the focus here is who's going to play, who's going to have a chance to get big points in those big field events. And there's two that stick out. I don't think Jason Kuhn is the guy because I think Jason and Jake, Jason and Jake both, I think they're both... Um, not too as interested rich? in yeah a little not, maybe not even too rich but they don't well, love Jason it as much Jason just won like three and a half million yeah, dollars I, I don't think they love it as much yeah. as David Peters and Adrian Mateos really? I think of the young guys in the game today David Peters grinds harder than anyone I know and so does Adrian Mateos it's so true. they both love it so much so my picks are between David and Adrian and David Adrian's already got three bracelets to the World Series he has a knack for it he loves playing in those big main, big field events so I'm gonna take Adrian Mateos here I am going to go with a surprising pick, because I agree with everything you said. But I think there's a chance that Jason Kuhn has been learning mixed games, because he's always been like he has. chatting about I don't know if, if he's actually ever done it. He's he always won an A-game told, in uh, Monte Carlo. Oh, he did? Okay, he so like, an easy pick for me. I'm right. taking Kuhn. Who knows? We'll Maybe he'll see. play some of the mixed tournaments. And I if he does, play. he's clearly the best pick. Yeah, we'll see. All right. Next up, we've got, um, well, I don't know what you call this group, a little East Coast, a little whatever. Um, we got John Raisner. Robert Mizraki, Paul Volpe, and Marco Johnson. Hmm. Hmm. Tough group, huh? All these guys are actually good fantasy picks. They're they're really good mixed game players. Right. Um, play all the games. Uh, this is a this is a dynamite group, actually. It's really I mean, tough. I I can eliminate Paul just because I don't know if he's going to be playing that much. Hmm. Strictly because I don't yeah. think he's going to be playing that much. I, I wonder because he says that too, but I think he's another guy who loves it. He does. Yeah, but he I don't know. I think it. I don't I think he's might be another guy that's too rich. But um, <laughs> if, <laughs> rich. if 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 all TMM. things were equal, I probably actually would pick Paul. Like if everyone was playing this similar sure. amount of tournaments and yep. everything, I would pick Paul. But given what I know, I guess I would have to go with Marco because mm-hmm. he he does love it. Yeah, and he plays everything. And he's good at everything. Yeah. I mean, Robert. Uh, I mean, there's no John, bad pick here. Like, yeah, it there's really no isn't. And I actually, I agree with so much of what you said. Like, um, I think Paul would be the guy if he, if he decides he was going for it right. to pick. But uh, I know Marco. I, actually, he just reached out to me. He's going to be there. So I'm going to go with Marco Johnson in this group. 
And uh, that's funny that a group that's so solid, we we pick the same. Yeah, and you could pick any any yeah. one of these. Like you can make. I think this group should be theoretically like the most even or one of the yeah. more even ones. Well, this next one's pretty. Yeah, this next one's another tough group. Okay, another group of accomplished World Series of Poker players who play a little bit of everything. Um, both no limit big bet and, and mixed games. We got David Baker, Scott Clements, Brandon Shaq Harris, and Jesse Martin. Go ahead. All right. Oh man, I guess I'm gonna go Scott Clemens. You know, of late, he's been playing a lot more of the smaller events, and that kind of makes me a little wary. Brandon Shaq Harris becomes strong and really wants to play every day. You know, he's he's a threat. Jesse, I wonder if he's, what if he's gonna play cash or not. The guy that I know is gonna be there and loves it is David Baker. So I'm just gonna go David Baker to be in all the mixed game events and and do well this year. Okay. Um, I mean Jesse does love it, and he plays the no limit tournaments. Like he like last year he played like the 10k six max no limit which is like one of the really? toughest no limit tournaments. So my gut kind of says Jesse. I mean I know Brandon's like on vacation right now getting ready for the World Series. So oh that kind of makes me want to pick Brandon too. And I mean and, and you make good points about David, but my gut says Jesse here. All right, so you got Jesse this Martin. Is, yeah. This next group is really all over the place. This is the all, all over the map group. Um, <laughs> this is the most random. It is. Group it really ever. is. I just kind of went with it. <laughs> Uh, and by the way, I made these groups because I'm a nerd. I'm a real poker nerd. Um, Benjamin Pollock or Benjamin Pollock. I don't know which one it is. Like, I know there's David Benjamin and then there's David. I think this is Benjamin. Let's talk about it a little more. Yeah, let's, <laughs> let's, let's go. <laughs> Benjamin Pollock. And if it's Benjamin, I'm sorry. Anthony Zeno, Scott Seaver, and Abe Moseri. Where do you go with this group? This one's clearly Zeno to me. Yep. Uh, he loves it. He really loves it. It seems like he plays every tournament every year. Yeah, and, he doesn't have he, the distractions of like cash games. Or, yeah, exactly. Or like or twenty five Ks. Like Scott Seaver, I think as much as he's a great mixed game player, I don't see him leaving the cash games to play. No, and Abe Masseri, but Abe comes every year and he plays a bunch. He plays like he twelve play, fifteen. Yeah, and he's 12, good too. But he he plays twelve fifteen and Zeno plays like thirty five. And you'd be surprised. Pollock plays all the games. I don't know if you knew that. No, I did know that. But he also is another guy that sometimes plays cash. Does he? I don't I think mean, so. I mean, I've literally played cash with oh, him well, during the summer. There you at, go. Okay. At the Bellagio. <laughs> so I think the unanimous pick here is Anzino. Yeah. All right. We're going with Ant. All right. This is the former World Series of Poker champion, main event champ group. And we're going with last year's champ, Scott Blumstein. Um, the protected Twitter guy, Joe McKeon. <laughs> he's got his, he's protected his tweets. Uh, Martin Jacobson yeah. and Ryan Reese the Beast. This one's McKeon for me. He, I mean, he plays like some, and I mean, I know he plays like Limit Hold'em. I don't know. Maybe yeah. he plays some other stuff. And he loves tournaments. He's not going to be playing cash games. And- I actually have to agree with you on this one because of the Limit Hold'em. The Limit Hold'em is a small field, and he's quite good at it. So, um, you know, the shorter field, he's got a better opportunity to get some big points in a 10K. Um, and I don't know if he plays a lot of the other games. Scott Blumstein, I think, is a, I threw him in there because he won last year, but I don't know what he's going to do this year. Like, um, I don't know that he plays all the games and yeah. stuff like that, but, uh, you know, he's a reigning champ. He gets to be in the group. Mar Jacobson is a guy that's a threat in the high rollers because he's going to be there, you know, and potentially even in the one drop, uh, the, you know, the one, the one right. million by him. And Reese the Beast has had some good results lately. He's been playing a lot more. And so. he, 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 I think I played some mixed tournament with him last year. Maybe it was like Ryan the Big Reese. Bet mix or something. I don't know. So maybe he'll play some. But I think Joe McKeon is the one that yeah. I would go with as well. All right, this is a little old school. We're going old school for this one. Todd Brunson. Not to be confused with Doyle Brunson. That's Doyle's son, right? Yes, Doyle's son. Right. We just call him Doyle's son. <laughs> Doyle's son. Um, Huckleberry Seed. Johnny World, John Hennigan. And Alan Cunningham. Okay. Good one, huh? This is fun. This, for, yeah, this is a tough one. The top three are all appealing. Todd, Huck, and John. 
It doesn't seem like Alan really grinds the tournaments much. He's a chess player now. Is he? He loves chess. Okay. Golf. I don't know. He wakes up early in the morning. He's like the oldest young guy I know. Yeah. <laughs> and I guess, I mean, I've Hennigan's been around playing the last couple of weeks. Has he? Yeah. Oh, I wasn't sure. So that. maybe maybe he'll be playing a lot of tournaments. I could see that happening. So I guess I guess I have to go with with him. And he and he wins them. Yeah, like, John, he just wins. Yeah, yeah, he's actually I'm surprised he doesn't play more tournaments yeah. cuz like you know, he has a style that really suits tournaments better than live in some yeah. ways. Because, like, sometimes if you go off in live, like, that's not good. In tournaments, it can be good. You'd be like, screw it. I'm steam my way to the chip lead. Right. The guy I'm going to go with, who I imagine is going to be there and play, um, and not as distracted, is Todd Brunson. He's got a restaurant. So what? I mean, not distracted. Wait, he's cooking? It's an Italian restaurant. What, what? And he's there, like, all the, the time. So he's... He's got to run it. No, he doesn't. I mean, he does... He's there, like, every day. Well, what? So during the World Roman Series Deli. last year... Huh? Yeah. <laughs> Free plugs for Roman I mean, Deli. I think it's like a really busy time for them because all the poker players are in town. A lot of them go to the restaurant. So he is a little bit distracted. I can't. Okay. Well, maybe that, you know, sways me. But, but I don't, I don't see, pick, so, I don't see yeah. any other pick there that makes me feel like really safe. Like it's, those are a lot John of wild John loves the tournaments. He's yeah. always. He always says he hates it though. He's like, I freaking hate yeah, this. But I don't he, know why I'm but here. But that's probably why he loves it. Yeah. Maybe he loves the pain. That's he does saying. love yeah. the pain. Exactly. All right. <laughs> all right. This next group right here is. Involves Eric Popcorn Wasserson. Oh, yeah. This is the group Great. for like we call this the East Coast crew. <laughs> Chris Claude, Nikki Sloppy Claude, Matt the uh, Master Troll Glance, Sean Twitter Twitter Pro, <laughs> Twitter, Pro. Twitter Pro. Glance. Can, if if I call Sean the Angle Shooter Deep, he'll be mad at me, right? He probably he will. Mad, he'll, yeah. I'll go in. He's Twitter sensitive, rant. huh? Don't, he's, he's sensitive. Very, well, yeah. Yeah, but don't whatever. be mean to Sean. I, I like wasn't Sean. mean. I just said, listen, you shot an angle. No big deal. Yeah, <laughs> that's what I tell him all the time. It's not a big deal. It's not a big deal. It's not a scumbag. It's actually legal. Yeah, he's not that's a bad people, person. Like, shooting an angle is an actual legal move. Right. You're not breaking a rule. It's just kind of like, oh, man, that was kind of yeah, shitty. But anyway. Dirty. So who do we got in this group now? Who are we going with I, since I you're in it? I think I'm going to go with my, I mean, it's for me, it's between Claude and Sean. I saw Claude actually tweeted something about, like, World Series bets. Mm -hmm. which makes me obviously think he's going to be playing a lot of events. I know Sean is likely to be playing a lot of events, but he also has like two kids yep. and you know, who, who knows if like things start going poorly, maybe he'll take a break and then go home and then come back or may, I don't know. I don't know what's happening with him exactly. So but that, we, I'm going we, we with Sean. Know, Fuck so it. we don't know what your schedule. So basically we're, we're avoiding the big elephant in the room. Like we don't know yet. You're not, really I'm not sure going with doing. me. Yeah. You're not sure what you're doing in this world. Yeah, series I'm, not yet, sure. Or? I'm not sure. Like, I, I, I'm not, uh, yeah. Like you I don't want to turn me bug. You're going to play a lot of tournaments. If not, you're not. Yeah, it's kinda, possible. I don't know. I'm just going to kind of like play it, play see it as goes it goes. On yeah. Like I would imagine, you know, if I were you in your shoes, I would probably do a mix of cash and tournaments. Yeah. If, like, if I've nothing, never done that before. Like you if know? you can't get into a game, cash game, you're yeah. like, okay, go play the tournament right. or like, like the game. last few years I've committed to like a full schedule mm. and it's just been like at time at every single summer at times during the summer, I've been miserable. Yeah. So I'm just not going to do that. I'm going to take a guy who crushed me last year because he played these $1,500 big field events and got deep and got like a boatload of points. And that's sloppy clock yeah, because of the fact point. that, you know, he said he's reached out about world series bets. I imagine, you know, he has, he's got some insight about a lot of people playing and I imagine he's one of them. So I think he's probably going to pick himself in the 25 K, but we shall see. So I'll go with sloppy Claude there. Now this next group is really old school. This is like, uh, yeah, old school period. We got Ellie Lesra. Uh, we got Barry Greenstein. Robin Hood. We got Mike the Mouth Matisau. And we got Mike Sexton. And there's two people in this group that I have <laughs> that very specifically um, have uh, a lot of interest in. Actually, three! <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> Let's just put it. I'll be rooting for Ellie. I'll be rooting for Barry. I'll be rooting for 
uh, the mouth. <coughs> and, uh, you know, I always like Mike Sexton, so he's yeah. a great guy. But, but compared to those guys, fuck him. No. <laughs> just, I'll be rooting for the other three pretty hard. Um, personal reasons that I don't want to divulge, but you can probably guess. Um, who are you going with here? I'm going with Ellie. Clear choice for me. I mean, so Ellie didn't play last he's year. He's playing this year. Okay. So that's important for people to know that are drafting and stuff. Is like last year, Ellie was uh, dealing with some legal issues and didn't want to like have any problems. So um, this year, apparently, he settled that case. So Ellie Alezra is the guy that um, you could make a case for some of the others here because Barry Greenstein's a guy who had a good year last year. He cashed 85 times. That's I don't know if he won cashes. money for the World Series. Holy shit. But like he yeah. cashed like in every tournament. Right. In all the 1500s and whatever. So he um, did. Uh, you know, he's going to play a lot of smalls. He's not, he's no longer playing in the high rollers. He's not playing the 50 Ks, the 10 Ks and stuff right. like that. So that hurts his value. The mouth. Ellie will probably. The mouth will probably get a stake deal. Not for me, but from somebody to play 10 Ks and you know, and he's he got does, a lot of heart. He's got a lot of heart. And, and he like, knows how to win those tournaments. He, he does play like Omaha 8 or better tournaments quite well. Yeah. He beat me for a bracelet. Like PLO 8. He did beat me for a bracelet years ago in Omaha 8 where I had him destroyed. I started drinking. <laughs> There's the boy at the horseshoe. I'm like, well, it's just Mike. We played heads up all the time. I beat right. him like 20 times in a row. Like 20, we were, I was like 20 and one playing at the Bellagio. That's funny. We just crushed him. And then we get heads up in the tournament. I got all the chips and he just, and he played really good. He bluffed me in a big pot. Uh, and then the last one's Mike Sexton, who's a wild card because he can certainly afford to play all the high buy-ins and, but, who uh, knows if but he's will. a busy man and he's, uh, you know, got work to do with his new position. He's no longer with uh, world poker tour as, as the host, but he obviously has his position, um, you know, with the online company, <laughs> you know, I don't know if I, it's weird me saying the words, like, the online company, No, the name. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I, I'm Don't allowed say to it. say the word. I think you're allowed Okay. So Mike Sexton is in his position there. <laughs> He's moved up. So we both agree on Elia Lesbury, yeah? Yeah. All right. That's a, this is uh, another just random weird group. This is just as weird of a group <laughs> almost as the There's some uh, weird ones. other one. Okay. So this one is, <laughs> this one is good. You like started going with just women and then okay. you somehow got to Dan Shack. And I then was... somehow you found your way to Alan Kessler. So I was going to go with like four women that I felt made sense. And it was like, there's some no limit women, but not you go with Kristen. Hmm? Kristen, Jen, Maria. Yeah, and... I mean, it's too late now. It's already here. Yeah. And I didn't want to have three in an Alan Kessler. Or Alan and the no, Ladies. No, that would have been much better. I could call it Alan yeah. and the Ladies. So we want you Jennifer Harmon, Maria Ho, Dan Shack, Alan Kessler. That is your group here. Where, do you, where are you going with this one? I don't know. I mean, I know Jen's not going to not a viable pick. She says every year, I'm going to play tournaments. No. Then she shows up. She drinks three beers. Smashed. She does like a shot of tequila. Ends up on the floor. At like, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's happened. Yeah. I'm not saying Ma- Maria plays a lot of the oh, mix yeah? events. Mm-hmm. Dan Dan plays a bunch of them. And Alan does too. So it's actually kind of a tough one. Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't supposed to be easy. I don't know. I guess I think, if you think mix, I think if you like judge mixed game players, I think Jennifer's the best of the group. She plays in Bobby's yeah. room. She's... You know, the most accomplished have been doing it. The but I longest. think Alan's clearly the pick. Alan grinds super hard. Yeah, plays you know, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta agree with you there. Um, yeah. Maria, the, the question there is, um, you know, she's busy with so many things. She's right. going to be inducted into the Women's Hall of Fame. So, you know, she's going to be. But she says she's going to grind a lot. And she's actually, her game has improved. She's been, like, really working uh, mostly, I would imagine, on No Limit. Which isn't necessarily the most ideal for this draft. But is she really going to play, like, $1,000 No Limit tournaments? I think she may, yeah. Okay. I mean, and Dan Shack, of course, is a guy who... You know he'll he'll be in there in the yeah. in the in the perfect types of events, right? Yeah. So Dan um, plays a schedule of like you know 10k mixed games and things like that. Probably which play the million. A you think he'll play, yeah he may play the the one I drop. I think he usually is, does. Yeah. So we're both going with uh, the chainsaw. Oh man, he's gonna love this dude. When we do this oh podcast, he's, he's gonna, gonna he's gonna to tweet this like to everybody. We're just, we just got so many retweets. Alan's gonna retweet it himself like 200 times. Did he see a follower? Like, 
whatever. He's going to just tell everyone. He's like, you need to retweet. You need to listen to this podcast. I know it was seven hours long, but right. uh, <laughs> but, yeah. but but yeah, Negreanu picked me and so did Eric because like I'm the pick. So I'm going to charge my markup now at 1.4. <laughs> All right. Our last group, okay? This is uh, uh, this was me running out of steam and running out of like, and I wanted to have a nice even group of 16. And this is just a weird one where I had like. There's a clear pick in this one. You think so? Okay. Oh, so, yeah. So here we go. You go got, first. We'll see. This is a strictly no limit group and it's a unique no limit group because i think three of the four work together with a trading site or something or like work yeah, together. Yeah. and then the other one is the oh yeah it's like the chip leader thing and then yeah. ari and then ari angle so we're going with bodog ari ari angle alex foxen nick petrangelo and chance corneth and you said this is an easy one yeah you go first well okay so um i think it's a, i mean i think i don't think nick and chance are the guys although because again, they might play some Aria twenty five Ks, and I, right. I don't see them playing any mix. Alex Foxen's a grinder, so I'm I'm between Alex Foxen and Ari Angle, and Alex has made such great deep runs in these no limits, these big fields. Um, so it's really close for me. But I'm gonna actually I'm gonna go with Alex Foxen. Okay, I mean I think Ari plays like some of the mix stuff. He like plays like PLO eight. Does he? Maybe like some limit 08. He plays like stud eight. Okay. So I think Ari, and he plays like everything, and he's not gonna be playing like high rollers. Foxen could in theory, possibly playing, like, some high rollers. No, exactly. So, I mean, Ari is, like, I think Ari is, like, really, really okay, maybe slam, I'm dunk, wrong on that slam one. dunk picture. Maybe I'm wrong on that one. Yeah. But the bottom line is, guys, you at home, you get to choose what you want to put together for your team. And and remember, as, as Eric pointed out, you don't necessarily want to go with uh, the guy everyone's going to pick because if you want to win this thing, you want your team to stick out. Now, picking, what do you, what is your pick for the number of players in the main event? What? I don't know. How many people got, how many last year? I don't remember. Like, is it like 6,000? No, it's like in the seven or 8,000. Okay, so like 80, 78, 46. I got 77, 92. That's what I put in. All right, don't copy us exactly because you'll ruin our. Oh, that's the tiebreaker? Yeah, so that's the tiebreaker um, for the prizes. And remember, so this this is going to be cool. Like, you win this thing, you're going to get 10,000 bucks. Well, you're only going to get 5,000 bucks. But the other 5,000, you get to decide who gets it. So if there's a charity that's near and dear to you, whether it's Reg Charity, St. Jude's, whatever it is for you. Is it winner take all? No. There's going to be 10. Let's see the prize structure here. Where is the prize? Oh, prizes. We've got it right here. All right. Let me click. Internet. Okay. So here we go. First place is 10,000. Oh, that's Split five and five. Second is 5,000. Split 25 and 25, obviously. Third place, 2,500. Fourth place is fifteen hundred. Fifth place is one thousand, and then sixth through tenth are all going to win five hundred bucks. So we're going to have ten winners. Um, I would expect, you know, for a free roll like this to get like eight or ten thousand entries. So obviously your chances are not great to win, but it's a fun sweat throughout the World Series. You can check out how you're doing in the standings. It'll be updated, uh, you know, daily or semi regularly on FullContactPoker.com, and you can find the link to this specific fantasy draft. In the description below, it's like fullcontactpoker.com slash WSOP dash pool dash. Ooh, that's it. Yeah. <laughs> dash. I had the prizes part. Whatever. You can add yeah. prizes. Um, so that's going to wrap it up for us. We've got, I've got some interesting things coming up this week. Tomorrow night, um, because the Golden Knights won in five, I'm going to be able to go to Del Frisco's, which uh, is, I don't know if I'm supposed to tell you on this, but it won't matter. Uh, Steve Lipscomb and Lyle Berman are being honored. WPT honors kind of thing. And, That's uh, cool. Which, well, so the sidebars, I'm a vegan, and, like, I looked at the menu just to make, yeah. just to see if there's anything I need. There's nothing. I saw foie gras. I saw, like, you know, rabbit and ox, and I'm like. They probably have lettuce. I'm going to eat before I go. Yeah. Like, I just said, listen, I mean, I don't want to be that guy, but, like, 
there's literally nothing on this menu for me to eat. I'm glad you enjoy it, but I, you know, nothing for me. So I'm going to go there <laughs> and honor Steve Lipscomb and I'll, I'll drink. Yeah, yeah. I've been on a liquid diet lately anyways. Um, so I'm going to go there and honor them because they really, they really, people don't know this like of relate, but like the world poker tour started to boom because, um, you know, they're on TV regular and they're still going like, it's really yeah, difficult. People amazing. don't get like how hard it is to keep a poker show on TV these days. Like they don't make the money that people think like, and this goes back to this idea I have just like the triangle that I think a lot of poker players were very self-focused in general with like, so what do you, as a poker player, what is your thoughts? I want to maximize your own EV. Yeah. Period. Yeah, right. Of so like, I want to make the most amount of money. Play the boss. So what does an organizer want to do? Who organizes the event? Make money. Make the most amount of money yeah. they can. So what does like, you know, the television broadcast, but they want to make the most money. So you have like three different factions. That, and, and yeah, and the are, networks. Yeah, so they're all there is a partnerships. Now here's the thing that falls apart when one doesn't work, then everything falls apart. So for example, actually, if two don't work, not the poker players, because there'll be games anyway. But um, if the World Series poker didn't make money, for example, like they didn't make a, a boat ton of money, they wouldn't have it. Right. So well, all the money course. that you know, whatever Poker Go and Poker Central and everybody make wouldn't happen without that. And then as a byproduct, there'd be no events for you to play. Right. There'd be no tournaments to play. There wouldn't be the big action. So it's really important to like see that triangle and realize that like, you know, your best interest is that these companies do well. If the companies, if World Series of Poker was breaking even or doing badly, that's bad for you. And if that means that like, again, I'm gonna get in trouble for this, but like, if that means is like, you know, a hot dog costs $4 rather than $3 and that's what it is, bring your own food, you know, or, or ask Alan Kessler where the cheapest buffet is because I'm sure he can direct you. But um, I'm, su- I'm super, I'm really looking forward <laughs> to this. If there was summer. a draft that you could pick whoever would know the best buffet spots, I would definitely or pick Or like Alan. how to scam coupons and video <laughs> poker and stuff like that. He's the best, the chainsaw. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind this year when you're upset or annoyed about this, that, or the other. Uh, it's a difficult production to put on. The World Series is a massive. Um, it's not easy to run that thing. It requires like multiple rooms and there's like thousands of people being moved from place to place. It's gotten better each year. And I just, just for the record, like I don't work for the world series of poker at all. I don't have any affiliation other than I love it because I grew up watching it on TV. Like I remember when Phil Hellmuth put the bricks up over his head and I was super excited that maybe one day, you know, I could be a part of that. And there's history there that surpasses anything else. And, um, I hope it remains special. Part of the reason I do this fantasy draft like this is to create buzz and interest. Also, the vlogs. We will be doing vlogs again this year um, daily. The only caveat this year is, um, this is interesting, I may have to skip the first couple of events as I said. Right. So what I might do is I might go to the games, maybe like, you know, shoot some blog aspects of that when I'm totally plastered, which I think people will enjoy because I say a lot of dumb stuff. And um, maybe on the other off days, I'll play some cash. Right. So I'll go into Bobby's room and I'll shoot some vlogs of me like playing in the cash games and we'll do that until I start playing the tournament. So maybe if we do that, there'll be a blog every other day. And then once we start rolling, we'll be back in in flow and we'll be doing them daily. But uh, we'll we'll see. We'll see how things roll out. And also we've got big week ahead with the Super High Roller Bowl. There's 100K before. World Poker Tour has a tournament of champions, which I might have to play on Thursday. And I got to be honest with you, I'm not ready. I am not ready. For what? Just for the whole everything. Oh, for the summer? Yeah. Because of the nights. Yes. Yeah. Like this, like I don't, I mean, I haven't drank alcohol in. You are going to have a hangover. I I don't drink at all in the World Series. I literally never have a sip of alcohol. But typically in my year, I don't drink. Like I rarely drink, you know, occasionally we'll go. But when I go to the hockey games, you know, have a double Tito's water, splash of pineapple with lime, and then I'll have another and another. So that's six. 
shots. And then, you know, on playoffs, we pregame and postgame. And then I go to the, on the radio show and hope that I don't sound <laughs> plastered. He texted me the last time because the last time I did the radio show, I was a little concerned. Like, I was on there for 10 minutes, and I'm like, I... You were on I, there for, like, one minute, by the way. Well, I, I was like, I think I might be slurring right now. Like, I, I this this might not be good. But people were listening. Brian, my agent, was there. was like, just just in case. You know, he's, like, listening in. He's like, no, he sounds okay. But you said you noticed... Uh, you sounded... <laughs> but that's because you know me. Yeah. You said you were surprised that I texted you because you, I'd either be in jail or dead. Yeah. No, I, I did not yeah. drive home, for the record. <laughs> uh, Brian took me home. But, yeah, we were... Whew. Ripping yeah, it. Was- oh, another thing I did this week. Been having a lot too much fun, man. Too much of this boozing. Had people over for the games, and then um, after the game, the last game, I didn't do the radio show, which I normally do with Frank and Clayton. You can find it on. My oh yeah, own. we went to the Tiger Woods thing. Yeah, I went to the Tiger Woods thing. Um, hung out there for a while. Uh, what else happened there? Just hung out, hung out <laughs> at the Tiger Woods thing, and you know, <laughs> saw Phil Helmuth, who was doing his thing, and uh, it was fun. Yeah, yeah well, you had a good time. I had, I had something I was going to mention. You I had a good time there. Yeah, it was a yeah. good time. Yeah. Um, oh, I know who I, I'll tell you what. I ran into Joey Ingram. You yeah. know? So Joey was uh, talking about how, because um, I, mean, I saw it, because I don't watch the stuff until people send it to me. He was mentioning how, like, oh, we ended the relationship because I blocked him on Twitter or whatever. And I he couldn't get in the event, the Tiger event. So, like, I went and got him and his, oh, really? uh, his friend in. And, uh, you know, then I said, you know, I had a chance to talk to him and stuff. And I said, listen, I didn't block you because I ended the relationship. It was just that, like, he was like, he's always been a neutral guy for, for the most part. And then I saw like a shift when he was like going on these tirades. And he was like, at, at some point it got a little personal and I felt like he was attacking me personally. I was like, listen, I don't, what I, cho- what I chose to do with my Twitter feed is I blocked a bunch of people because I just wanted like to get rid of the negativity and just have a feed of like positivity. It's not about agreeing with people or disagreeing with people. I disagree with a lot of things that I see. It's just the question of like, do I really want to see these tweets right. in my feed? Because people retweet and all this stuff. Well, so when you block you someone, it's not about they can't, see your tweets. I know they can still see my tweets. It's about, I don't have to see it and I don't have to deal with it. Occasionally somebody will send me something and you say, did you hear what happened here or whatever? So I'll find out. But outside of that, I think I had a good conversation with Joey just simply, you know, explaining how, um, I felt as though, and I, I love his passion for the game. And I think that he really does care. I felt like some of his characterizations and the sort of thoughts about who I am, what I stand for were off base. And I, I let him know that. And he seemed to be appreciative of that. And we had a good conversation. And that's really like, um, what I'd like to do with the next generation of players that are going to carry the torch. Like, you know, the, the Lex Veldus, who's not exactly young anymore, but Jason Somerville with Run It Up and um, Jamie Staples and Jeff Gross. Like, all these guys that are doing a lot to promote the game, I want to support them as much as I can. But when, you know, well, that's if... Weird. Those are all Poker Stars guys. Well, yeah, <laughs> you're going to go there. <laughs> Parker Talbot right there. Um, but, uh, you know, but when, so, when you're like, you know, when you're being like sort of personally attacked in some ways, it becomes more, increasingly more difficult to have that kind of relationship where it's symbiotic and cohesive going forward. I'm so happy with where I'm at now in life with all that stuff. And well, what upside um, do you have to even see that attacking stuff? I mean, there's no benefit it's, you to You know, if it was it. new and fresh, it's one thing. Like if there's something new that happened, right. it's like it's just, oh, when the it's same the same old thing, like over and, over and over, it becomes yeah. like, okay, I get the troll. Like it's tired now. It's been two consistent years of like, the same old thing where you take one sentence out of a 30 minute like interview a, yeah, it's, and like, it's, 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 it's kind of like at this point, I think most people realize it's just trolling for clicks yeah. and uh, you know, and we're obviously talking about Doug Polk who's continued to do this for, you know, the last, uh, I don't know, year, year and a half, Joey only more recently, but I, I feel good about, you know, my conversation with him. So I wish them well. I hope they do well with all the things they do, bringing people into the game. 
Um, I think it's good for poker to have different types of personalities and a lot of different venues and avenues for people to like absorb content. And they create, like I personally, and don't take this person, I like Remco's interviews because I feel like he's much more laser mm-hmm. and Joey's more like a hangout. So like, I think people really love Joey's cause it feels like you're getting to know him and you're getting to hang out with them. Right. I'm a little more like, cause I like to listen to him. You know, I yeah, you, you would listen like in the car or whatever. Yeah. I listen to like, yeah. you know, I listen to all of them. I listen to the two, you know, to, uh, Adam and Terrence. I listen to all the poker podcasts because that's how I keep up with any of the news that's going on. Like, and there's been a ton of news, you know, uh, of late that, well, we're already at like hour three, I think. <laughs> Where are we at? What's the timeline on that? Oh, good. We said about an hour and 20. Yeah. That's a good solid size podcast. Yeah. You did good. Thank you. People complained last time that I cut you off. Oh, really? I think I let you talk. I, I don't know. Yeah. Well, you, yeah. I, I think I got some words in. <laughs> yeah, I mean. You got some words in. <laughs> yeah. So that's going to wrap it up for the Full Contact Poker Podcast. We won't be doing another podcast for a while. Yeah. I might do some vlogs, I guess, this summer. Oh, you vlog with me. Yeah. Or are you going to do like. No, I mean like with for your yeah. channel. Yeah. I think people might enjoy like. Uh, a Bobby's room vlog. Yeah. Right. So maybe that's what I'll do is I'll go in there. I think that's a good idea. Shoot some stuff and see what they let me get away with in there. Gussie. Oh man. It's so great. Oh, another thing I want to talk about just before we go is like, so great to see guys like Patrick Antonius back yeah. and, and Phil Ivy and Tom Dwan and like a lot of those old, like Gus Hansen's like, well, Gus has been where, around every summer, like, but yeah, those are poker superstars. Like, yeah. and, and this isn't disparaging towards the younger guys and the younger players, but like, People, I, they're iconic, you know? Like, I look at them and I think, Absolutely. man, I love watching these guys play. I think Absolutely. recently they had a 2 and 4,000 game that was, you know, live-streamed, and you had Phil Ivey back in action yeah. and playing and winning a tournament. There have been some and, amazing live-streams, And Jungleman actually. fits right in, and oh Isildur, Tom Zwan. Like, now you have a group of guys who are just love, so fun to watch, so right? Much. And it's, it's so, so important for poker that we continue to, you know, have Did you see like that, that PLO stream by any chance? The one that Aussie oh Matt and, like... I watched a little bit of it, and I was that might have been the and best, then I saw some clips here and there. That might have been the best stream I've ever seen. Yeah. It was really entertaining. Mm. Honestly, Matt's a great guy for poker. I amazing. Mean, so, amazing. So there are characters, these cash games like high-stakes poker that people love. The, 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 the people are there. The question is, are they going to get back involved? And I've talked to Patrick Antonius recently. I thought he did. He was so eloquent and well-spoken on Remco's podcast. And if you haven't listened to it, check it out. It's um, Poker Central Pod somewhere. Uh, he, Pat, just Patrick, like really smart guy. Yeah. You know, and obviously. like he was, he usually never shared. You know, he was always like, oh, I don't know. I don't care. Just play your games. But like now I think that he really wants to promote the game. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, there's possible talk of, and I didn't have Phil Ivey in one of these because it's like, what's the point until he comes? But there's talk of maybe Phil going to be playing some World Series of Poker events. So that would I be cool. That'd that be really be cool. So good for poker. Yeah. Um, throughout the summer, you guys can catch most of the action. On Poker Go, I don't know what the stream schedule is going to look like, but I'm hoping it's better than last year. In I terms think of, it is. I yeah, think it, more I, I heard game. a lot more mix, a lot Good. more tournaments in general, because they have yeah. two stages this year. I think. Good one. You know what? They should just have a generic stage like they had before, right? Mm-hmm. Set up two freaking iPhones like my boy did just now, right? <laughs> yeah. You got two iPhones, simple, and two mics, expensive mics, hundred thousand each, as we mentioned. Um, but yeah, just have like a generic feed of like so people can actually just watch it. You don't need the glitz and the glam right. and the color commentary. Just and the, see the real. Just let it. Stuff yeah. So because before we did have that, and again, one last thing before we go, and I promise this is it. You know, some people complaining, but oh, why do we have to pay for streams now? It's like these things don't make money, right? Like they don't just make money. People. Do people really complain about that? Dude, you wouldn't believe it. It's madness to me. Like people. Poker are so, Go is so good for poker. Oh my god, it's ten bucks a month. I get it. You don't want to pay. You want it all for free. But like, how exactly do you expect them to pay for these productions? Right. There's a production staff that's massive. The high quality stuff that they do. The studio is unreal. 
Like, yeah. I don't know the number that they're paying for rent there, but I bet it's a lot. It's not enough that it's covered by the monthly subscriptions. No, that's for no, sure. for sure. So what Carrie Katz has done to re, like sort of revitalize poker in the United States is like unreal. Like without Carrie, I don't know where poker would be right now, honestly. Because there may be no stream on the WSOP. high rollers. The high rollers at Ari wouldn't exist. Right, wouldn't exist. I promise. Super you that. high roller roll wouldn't exist. Super high roller roll wouldn't exist. Poker Go wouldn't exist. Um, who knows what World Series of Poker was going to do with those streams because they were at a point, too, where they're like, well, we got to do something with this because we're not making any money off right. of it. They had Tuckman in the booth who did a great job of just... And then you have, like, Paul Foy is, like, the Asian carry cats now. Yeah, and they're doing He's stuff. Like, like, it's, it's amazing. People don't get it. Like, this is a gift to us, and we should be thankful. And, yeah. like, if you don't have... Oh, by the way, I can freaking plug one more time. If you do get a subscription that's annual, you can put the promo code Daniel in, and you'll save $10 on your annual subscription. <laughs> Yeehaw! Uh. <laughs> at PokerGo.com. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, go get you some. Um, but yeah, I promised that was going to be the last thing because we could go on for another hour. I promise. But yeah. uh, that'll be it. And uh, yeah, good luck this year to me at the World Series of Poker. <laughs> good luck to the Golden Knights. <laughs> Let's go Capitals. Let's go. Yeah, that's the thing. Do I want to win the money? Yeah, no. Capitals. Because you have Capitals. That's why. I, no, and the Knights are like going to be like 50% more likely to win. I, I've made you money this, yeah, this summer. Yeah, of course. Like, crazy. Yeah. I made so many people money. The Knights are like 50% more likely to win if the Capitals win, I think. 50%. Just about. Yeah, I guess you're Maybe right. more. Mice. Okay, so let's go Caps. Yeah. Um, and Nate Bar- Barstool Nate, who uh, I got a chance to hang out with a little bit. Uh, he came to the game and I brought him over. to. I, I introduced him to Tiger Woods and he was like a child. He was like, <sighs> yeah. Like, isn't this Barstool Nate? He's got like 6 billion subscribers to his podcast. But anyway, I, we're, I, I said last thing, right? I never get off these podcasts. It's like, we're at the tail end. Marissa's annoyed because she wants to watch a show. She's over there in the bedroom. Are you annoyed, Marissa? No. No, she's not annoyed. Okay, she's on her phone then. All right, guys. Till next, <laughs> <laughs> till next time. Uh, yeah, good luck this summer, everybody. We'll see you down there. Mm-hmm.